Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is May 17th, 2020. My name is Eric Peters, and joining me today, Mr. Tom Ragan. Hey there, guys. Hey there, Tom. How's it going? Warzone. <laughs> Warzone. <laughs> we got Mr. Mike Tyson. I listened intently as Eric introduced the other hosts. The blinking light of my test cam recorder like a faulty traffic light on my desk pulsing rhythmically. I waited for my name to be read. Words swirling around my mind like Dan's toilet blocking shit attempting to flush. I knew I had to come up with a silly intro that tied into this week's game. But how? <laughs> Hi, Mike. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I get the sneaking suspicion he's been preparing that one. <laughs> I can see his eyes moving back and forth. He was clearly reading it. <laughs> yeah, that's like that one down. Maybe not a future career as a TV presenter yet. <laughs> we got Mr. Manbone himself, Mr. Right. Dan Curtis. All right. All right. All right. Mr. Dan, Dan Bun Curtis. Dan Bun Curtis. <laughs> Well, you insisted I put the Dan Bun in, so the Dan Bun it, is in. With your hair back and those, those black bracelets on and the little spikes sticking up on your chair, you look like you're in some sort of heavy metal death band right now. Like, you should... I am. Anybody else see that? Because his yeah. chair blends into his wall, but he's uh, got the black spikes off his shoulders. That, he's got that, that Foo Fighters top, which has the skull on, weirdly. <laughs> Come on, Dan, play <laughs> us a jingle. That, <laughs> play what jingle? <laughs> play, um... Play Chop Suey, but the American Tom version with the guns. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't have my gun instruments, unfortunately. Oh, what? See, I would have thought that, despite being in the UK, het is so old-fashioned that it would be before any kind of gun law came in. Yeah, good And point. everyone had just like a musket or something. Like Smith & Wessons. I love that. <laughs> It takes too balls, long to do chop balls, suey and you have to balls and fill a, muzzle, a That's all we got. <laughs> Both and arrows. Oh, speak, speaking of het, right, this week we had the great fire of het. Oh! Exciting stuff. Cecil left How's, his compost ooh. pile out, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. So we were, um, <laughs> so I was sat upstairs in the games room, which is at the back of the house. Uh, you Crystal were in your game room? Just, was I was, yeah. Okay. Just, Hell, just one hour, just one hour this week. And, this uh, week? Crystal oh, wow. She came upstairs and she went, oh, there's lots of smoke coming from across the, like, the, the street. And it, yeah, like, you were about to give her a Geordie accent then, like your, your exaggerated Geordie accent, weren't you? <laughs> do it. Please you know, do it. There's lots of smoke coming across the street. <laughs> Rally who are the streets on fire? <laughs> They're cooking boiled owls over there. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there's loads of sm loads and loads of smoke coming. So we went out, and uh, and loads of other people came out as well because everybody saw it. And I it, hope you all stay two meters apart. We did. It's Mike. <laughs> have you seen the size of Het Green? You could stay like millions of meters <laughs> apart. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and there was loads of smoke coming out, and everybody went out. And then we knocked on the door, and they came at the door, and she went, "Oh!" And then we said, oh, "We think your house is on fire." And she went, "All right." I'll just go check. No <laughs> urgency. No urgency at all. Finish <laughs> my yeah. cup of tea. I'll just go check. And she came back and she went, oh, he's burning rubbish. <laughs> I was like, and then she didn't even say thank you. And uh, because everybody thought her house was on fire, people called the fire brigade and the fire brigade turned up. And I assume she got a bollocking for it because, <laughs> but should, they were burning this rubbish in the like, there's, between the two houses, there's a tiny alcove, so they put this rubbish down this tiny alcove. 
and just decided to set it on fire and see what happened. When the fire brigade did show, did they, when they showed up, were they like uh, riding horses and carrying those old wagons, and then they like formed a bucket line to the the het pond, and they were passing buckets back and forth, and accidentally <laughs> got the duck in one of the buckets, <laughs> threw the duck on the fire. Yes. It find it finally moved out of its designated and then position. Everybody had it was duck for dinner necessity. that night. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like the old cartoons where like it was always like a bunch of citizens just did a fire in fire engine in uh, fire brigade outfits, and then there's always one like kind of hanging off the back as they're driving, like wailing in the in the wind, <laughs> trying to catch his hat. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> did you have your hair tied up? I did. And in all of this excitement, which clearly is probably the most exciting thing that's ever happened in Het, did Dan send a picture? No. Shows how much he cares not, about us. Not even I, I was, once. And I was, tr- I was trying to save the people who were potentially burning to death. So you went and knocked on a burning building's door. No, the building was on fire down the side, but she didn't seem particularly bothered, so that's when we stopped caring. Nah, let her die. I just loved how just loved how flippant she was. Just like I'll go check. There's honestly no urgency whatsoever. Yeah, you're right. It is. On to fire. be fair, though, back Thanks. back when I was in college and I was I was living with with a few other people, like our cooker caught fire one day, and we kind of all evacuated. And I I found nine nine nine, which is the UK equivalent of nine one one, and we it doesn't have the same ring to they it. They asked me. They they asked me if someone. Like if there's anyone still in the house, I was like, I don't know. I just kind of wondered. I knew that the fire was contained in the kitchen. I just kind of wandered back in. I was like, I don't see anyone here. And the guy was like, Are, are you back in the house? I'm like, Yeah, it's fine. He goes, No, you really shouldn't be in that house. It's fine. I can see the fire from here. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on me. It's a cavalier. Yeah. That fire. Yeah, that fire though. If they had just left it, it probably would have. So there's. Their house is like it's quite a huge house, Eric. It's the one I showed the one I showed you. Yeah, it's like four hundred square feet, massive, enormous, yeah. biggest house I've ever seen. <laughs> Shut up! It's big for England. And anyway, next to it, there's loads of terraced houses, which are like there's this little gap in the terraced houses. So if this fire kept going, it probably would have caught all these terraced houses. And before you know it, all of Het's burned down. Oh man, the Great Fire of Het. Gone down in annals of history, twenty twenty. I can almost, I can almost hear Zach Foley booting up Photoshop as we speak. <laughs> the resurgence of het happenings. They were just uh, early to the, uh, the the annual bonfire to purge yeah. the oldies. Yeah, they uh, they caught a witch. Say, Do you not have a big burning. fireworks display? In um, in November, in in the middle of the green. No, now I I heard about this after the Great Fire of Het actually. So I got told that apparently that guy who lives there, they used to have a Het bonfire every year, which the kids loved and stuff. But that guy who lives there is apparently an asshole. <laughs> and he used to he used and then to complain. Grew old. <laughs> he used to complain and say that he was going to sue people for having this bonfire, so they stopped having it. But ironically, oh. he's just nearly set fire to the village. So if he'd actually burnt alive the other day, it would have been uh, a bit of a blessing in disguise for the village. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> apparently very, no, I'm not, apparently I'm not, very odd. He also used to live in his garden in a tent. Yeah, I'm not advocating letting a man burn alive. But sometimes I shouldn't bad say things but, happen. But I'm going to say but. For good reasons. <laughs> Accidents happen. Wink, wink. I accidentally dropped this gallon of gasoline on him, and then I accidentally lit him on fire. I just totally didn't mean to. <laughs> and then I, I mean, accidentally stood back and did nothing. 
What are you talking about? I, did, I didn't have a flamethrower and I didn't direct it towards him and send a sed- steady stream of fire towards him until he burned into a pile of small ash on the ground? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh. <laughs> How is everyone? So yeah, that, that's, that's the most exciting thing that's happened probably since lockdown started. Did you have to have a lie down after that? I did. I haven't, I haven't, arisen, I haven't arisen since. It was like was Thursday, say, Wednesday, Thursday. I haven't got up. I had to call in sick to work the next day. So much excitement. <laughs> Who was he calling? Himself. He works at home. He called Crystal. <laughs> Just calls himself on over mobile. Dan, yeah? What? Uh, not going to be in today. All right, why not? <laughs> Make sure you put it in the system. Unpaid. I can't, I can't even struggle across the hall to the room where my computer is. But you can make it across the hall to the Bullshit. room where your games are. Which is the same room, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the computer is slightly more to the right. Hmm. Mm. Easier to deviate left, isn't it? You can, you can come straight into the room and collapse straight onto the sofa, but you would have to move to the right to get to the computer. You see, so it's, it's just tricky. He's got a point. Bullshit. Mm. <laughs> I can't believe it's been like, I think it's been two months now since I started working from home. Yeah, it's going to be rough for you to go back. Yeah, it is. You know what? Sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. It's weird. Mm. It's kind of... I like kind of not having the distraction of people when I do actually do some work. See, everything's changed for me. I always work from home, but now my office is a lot fuller and it's got two screaming children in it. Well, it looks pretty empty for me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, this is a small small pot of paint or something up on the shelf there where Mega Man used to live. Oh, my God. This room is bare. It is empty. <laughs> that's been my uh, th- that's been my life for the past week. We are planning on moving. Have no idea where the hell we're moving to, but we're going to sell our house, so we're slowly starting to pack. We have to find this really uh, nebulous gray area of getting rid of enough stuff to make the house look presentable for sale, but also yet livable for us and the kids, um, (laughs) and not leave anything valuable in there because apparently in the United States, it's different than it is in the, in, in the UK where, uh, you aren't home when you show your house here in the States, which I couldn't fathom, uh, how you guys do it. Cause yeah, I find that so weird. Mm. Yeah, you guys so all strange. sell your own house, don't you? We all use real estate agents and everything, so... Over there's where we Essentially, like to Essentially, yeah, because when, when me and Hazel were looking, I mean, we ended up buying a new build in the end, but, like, when we were looking at, obviously, older houses, you would go around, and, yeah, it's literally just the people who own the house would show you around, and it would still just have all their stuff in. And, uh, like, obviously, they'd, they'd made some effort to start packing because they were trying to mm. sell their house, but they... Generally here, you kind of showed it, show it sort of a mix between lived in and, you know, the bare essentials, yeah. so to speak. It's just, yeah, yeah, you kind of want to, you said that, like, here's just the way home. it is, you want to have, you want to have it almost a blank canvas so people can imagine themselves in it. Um, take all personal. What if you've got no imagination? Oh, then you're fucked. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of nice to see a house where it's been done out nice. and But it can be done, it, it can actually have an opposite effect though, because what if you got a bunch of shit? And then people come in, they're like, oh, man, this place looks cramped. Well, then stop being Well, that's stop when you use, shite. We have s- you use Willy Wonka Realtors. And he goes in, come with me and you'll be... Tell you what, it took me two full days to tear down my game room. Just a, you're still How in, many holes did you put in the wall? You're still in it, mate. You haven't tore it down. What are you talking about? I patched a ton of holes. That's always fun. <laughs> to go through and patch all this shit. Is that what that is on that shelf? Is that filler? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, 
fetch the paper mache. Yeah, it actually does. That's my drywall. So you build your houses with, right? So I got the same can from Home Depot. Yeah, we went and rented a big old U-Haul yesterday and and took a bunch of shit to the storage shed, and I may have overdone it. God, imagine how well, so many like imagine how the... many games are in that storage shed. If you're on storage hunters and you found all that, you might actually earn some money. You better make sure I pay my rent. <laughs> but Eric's happy now because technically his games are even further sealed. They are. Because all his games are <laughs> in a box. They're behind a door <laughs> and then they're behind another door and a lock and in a box, in wrap, in the case. All's right with the uh, world. What, what's <laughs> the next level above factory sealed? <laughs> Universally sealed. Is the locker? Hermetically uh, sealed. I'm not telling you. Okay. And what's hmm. the like what's the uh, intersection? Uh it's in this little place <laughs> called Artichoke, Canada. And where's yeah. where's the keys? The, okay. The zip code. <laughs> <laughs> and if I could just take your last name. And the last four of your social. <laughs> and your phone number. Okay. Yeah. And the long number on the front? Uh, that starts with a one and then a and two. expiry. Uh, expiry <laughs> is 16 of 412. And the secret security code that no one would ever find unless they flip the card uh, over. Middle finger, Batman symbol, and a left turn hand. <laughs> Got it. And your mother's made a name. Found it. Cool. I just gave We're up some games, guys. <laughs> oh, <my> personal <laughs> <thing>. Ratchet. <laughs> Ratchet's mother's maiden name. <laughs> God, that cat's getting so fat. <laughs> You're the one who feeds him. I don't. The kids do. They oh, just see his plate empty and they're like, here you go, Ratchet. Oh, they do the old free feed. Oh, God. Yeah, we used to not, but then the kids took over. I'm like, that's one less chore I need to worry about. Have at it, kids. Uh, sorry, Ratchet. I'm so sorry, Ratchet, that you're clinically obese. <laughs> <laughs> He's happy, though. <laughs> that cat's always happy. Yeah. What's everybody been up to besides that shit? Any games? What you've been playing? Well, I actually, uh, this isn't game. Then I don't want to hear it. This is a gaming <laughs> show. It's all we talk about. If you're not going to talk about a video game, I'm going to need to show you the door. I actually did have a week off work because uh, I thought I had coronavirus. And do you? So that was fun. No, I had to go for a test, which let me tell you, isn't pleasant. <laughs> Oh, it didn't sound very work. nice, Mike. Nah, it didn't. Like, honestly, if you just want one reason to fucking stay at home, it's just to not have that fucking test because it's horrible. Um, so last Tuesday, like Tuesday last week, I was at work and suddenly my chest started feeling all crap and tight and like my breathing was a bit shit and I was coughing. I was like, oh, great, here we go. And uh, I ended up ringing up like the NHS helpline on the Tuesday night and they were like, well, you need to go for a test and you can't go back to work until you've had it. Since your class is a key worker, you can have one. Um, so like I managed to book one for Wednesday and cause Hazel lives with me, she was able to have one too. And so we drove to this, it was one of the drive through ones and went there and like the actual army was running it. And there's all guys there with their garb on with the, you know, protective masks and everything like that. And you, you drive in and you're not even allowed to open your windows to them. They literally get you to park in this slot next to, uh, next to like a gazebo kind of thing. And they literally stand in front of the car and show like a mobile number for you to ring and you ring them and you're literally talking to you through like through your mobile to them literally outside the window and they pass you the test through the window and everything like that and then they send you off to like another little another parking space 
where you do the test on yourself and then put it into the little thing and you have to package it all up. And then when you're on your way out, you then have to, the next guys then get you to ring a number and they tell you all the stuff and you have to pass it through a gap in your window and stuff. But the actual test itself, you have to swab literally where your tonsils are or where your tonsils were if you don't have them like me uh, and the actual back of your throat. And then using that same swab, you have to stick it as far up your nose as you can without it hurting and swab up there. It is. Oh, me and Hazel were literally like the throat bit, like sat in our, sat in our car, Kagan. just going. <laughs> that sounds hideous. I would hate yeah. that so much. Like that's what I would do if I was going out drinking and I was feeling really ill, but I wanted to carry on the night. Is uh, pull the trigger, two fingers down the throat. That's how oh I made it through God. your uh, your bachelor party. One of us has got to be a responsible adult tomorrow. Uh, oh. Which oh. night was that? Was that on the, the second night? No, it night? was in the morning. I remember hearing it and think, and I actually felt almost sick hearing it. I couldn't, <laughs> believe, I couldn't believe it. Well, I had I to like, drive five oh. and a half hours home. I know. I I just didn't put two and two together because I was still drunk oh, in no, the morning. Oh, no, was that the, the after the first night or was that after the second no, night? No, it was in the morning of the drive home. You were being sick and I could hear oh, you. Oh, was I still dead? Making yeah. yourself throw up, and I thought, "Fuck, this sounds terrible." <laughs> Move over. I'm I was the only one who made it all the way through the night, both nights. <laughs> oh God. yeah, I uh, was in rough shape. But yeah, uh, yeah. If you don't want to have those horrible COVID tests, yeah, fucking stay at home, everyone. <laughs> no, <laughs> pleasant enough. As my it is. freedom. I do what I want. <laughs> you can't tell me where to stay, man. I'm just yeah. kidding. Right. If you think like that, don't. Yeah, they've been having like. There was a mass protest in Hyde Park down in London yesterday or the day before, I think, where they basically just said, oh, the virus isn't real. And I was like, oh, how wow. stupid How stupid can you Fake actually be? news. There was some of those organized for Sheffield. There was like, I think there was like two or three organized for Sheffield, but one of them, a place called Norfolk Park, which isn't far from me, and literally three people showed up and they were all from the same family. One of them was a child who'd obviously been brought up. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I love about these um, these protests you always see and stuff on the news, though, is the fact that people go to them and still wear the masks. It's yeah, like, like the people holding up a sign that says, you can't make me wear a mask, and they're wearing a mask. they've got a mask. Like, you're a it's like, like, how many brain cells do you have? Is somebody else Maybe in the family using on one at the moment? Or? We got the family brain cell, and, and Uncle Cletus is using it today. <laughs> Cletus. Did everybody see that video of the where some woman went in a pharmacy? She was wearing a mask, but she'd cut a hole in it. It's easier to breathe. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I've seen that before, though. I've seen somebody cut, like, a circ, a small circle and then have their fag through the, uh, through the mask. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Smoke you fucking Not stupid enough anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Puffing on a ciggy through the old mask. Yes. You know? oh, Jesus. <laughs> I should say for the record, um our test results came back negative, so I was back at work. Um turns out that uh I just needed an inhaler because my asthma was shit. Um <laughs> but yeah. Don't have oh, the roller. Good. Well but yeah, that good. was a uh, yeah. that was a tense week. <laughs> I'm glad. You kept, you kept your stuff. spirits up, though, Mike. You seemed still relatively happy. We yeah, well, my, some video I, like my family rang so. me on the first night when when I like just let everyone know. Like my brother rang me and stuff, and he's like, "Oh my god, like, oh, I hope you don't have it. I hope you're all right." And I was like, "Ez, I'm fine. If I've got it, I think I'm okay. Like, <laughs> chill out." <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm all right. 
I'm all right, everyone. But yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I know, like, so I, I put some stuff on my um, on my Instagram and stuff. I know, like, obviously some some of our listeners follow me, and I had some kind messages off of them. So thank you very much for that. Um, nice. So yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Don't you worry, I'm everyone. Fine. I'm still here to annoy you. I'm fine. God <laughs> damn it! No, not got rid of me yet. We if tried. I receive a strange package we from uh, a global one of these pandemic guys. to try to get you off the show, didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you made it look like it come from China. Yeah, well, got to blame someone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's been my uh, that's been my past week or so. Oof, not good. Damn, not good. Damn, yeah. But yeah, what were you saying about gaming, Eric? Shit, I don't know. This is There's a gaming a, show after all. There is a game that comes out Tuesday that I definitely want, and I didn't know it was coming out. Actually, no, it's Friday. Sorry. Wreckfest 2. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Give me the year, year, year. Give me the decade. <laughs> uh, Even if it doesn't come out in this decade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how many new trends it's going to set going to create a whole new genre uh no man eater that shark game comes out friday completely forgot about that one he's a man eater (laughs) (laughs) here's my question about that song how did nelly Furtado like go from i'm like bird i'm a man eater make you work hard she changed her style entirely didn't she she got all (laughs) badass she she did did that work on a set list did she do both back to back? I, I, it's a good question. <laughs> Two personas. Was she a man eating bird? <laughs> so Stephen King's The Birds? Is that what she's referring to? <laughs> I'm like a bird. I'll come and eat your flesh. <laughs> <laughs> bit, like, bit like Alan Wake, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, see, it all comes together in the end. <laughs> Um, Partridge amongst the pigeons, indeed. There was some cool stuff that happened in gaming this these past couple of weeks. We got we got the announcement of a sweet remaster. Yeah, oh, mafia boy. mafia trilogy. Uh yep, that's it. <laughs> that is it. No, thirteen year old Eric rejoiced. Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two getting a remaster. Woo. Oh my god! Ah, I, yeah. I wasn't expecting this. I was expecting it to be a new one. You know what my favorite feature is though? It's going to feature aged skaters. Yes. Is is that the best feature? Yeah, also, 100%. But also I want music from the early 2000s. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's not the best oh. feature. Minus uh, five songs. It's got the whole entire soundtrack, hasn't it? I want to yeah. play as a 55-year-old Kareem Campbell doing kickflips off of a triple stair. Listen, I want to be Chad Muska, and I want to do uh, I hope 50-50. You, I hope you have to manage airplane. your arthritis and make sure that you take your blood pressure medication. I hope it's still got like the uh, the Beale videos and stuff. I used to love watching yes. them. Yes. I'm gonna be. Skating. I want to be Spider Man, and the- I want my web just to be all ruined because I'm old, and I don't know how to make it anymore. I want to skate with my RV drip in one hand and my board in the other. I want to play as Pop retired, o- like retired officer, style. retired officer Dick, and he's even more of an asshole than he was the first time round. <laughs> What if you can still unlock Prima Prima Carrera by doing all the uh, gaps? Remember that? I do oh, remember yeah. that, yes. Did you guys see, I think it was like two years ago, bear in mind, I think at the time Tony Hawk himself was a was 50, 
and it's on YouTube and he's doing the uh, the 900 again and he lands it. Oh yeah, he was just getting. His I did watch that. Killed. Yeah, it was really cool. He like bails like a, a fifth, like a bunch of times, and then right at the end of the video, lands one, and it's like, damn that guy, he's, he's such a cool dude. Or like the videos where he drives around just shouting at people in skate parks, do a kickflip. <laughs> oh my god, he did it! <laughs> and then he gives you a board if you if you do one or even attempt one. It's so cool. Yeah. Have you just seen, drive have you around with a load of skateboards in his boot. <laughs> have you seen the one that came out after the Tony Hawk's announcement with Jack Black, where they both he went skating with Tony Hawk and all the pros? Yeah, but how bad That's was the opening part of that sec- that video where you had to listen to them just shout terrible music in the basement of some crappy studio? Oh, yeah. I never saw it. Oh, it was real bad. I did enjoy the rest of it, though. Yeah. Can you imagine if you yeah, were skating and somebody suddenly you saw Tony Hawk shout at you, do a kickflip, and you're like, Yeah, <laughs> I'd do a kickflip. Uh, uh, there's, there's, quite a lot could... of, um, there's quite a lot of pros who do this, actually. I think like Eric Costa's done it and stuff. Oh, go around mm-hmm. harassing kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, if you couldn't do one, that'd be quite the the boost. If some pro skater turned up and said, "Go on, do a kickflip," you'd be like, "Fucking, hell, I'm gonna do one now." I've I've tried a hundred times and failed. I'll do this. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like I could, the pressure. I could person. never ever. I could never ever <laughs> land a kickflip or a heel flip. I've actually landed a heel flip once completely by accident, and then yeah, other and than that, the, could never do it. Yeah. This begs the question, though: When do we get? When do we finally get the re- remaster of uh, BMXXX? God, not soon enough. That's. I hope that would that would be a lot better nowadays with all the advancements in graphics and stuff. Yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, speaking Ooh, of skateboarding, there was a video that I remember watching from. It's like the late two thousand seven X Games. You guys remember is, the? Is it your skating, Vince? It is doing kickflips <laughs> and pop shovets. Um, uh, we were talking about the bail videos, but the 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 big jump, the mega jump. This guy, Jake Brown, um, went, landed it, went off the ramp at the other side, but then for some reason he kicked back and landed flat on the surface so freaking hard that his shoes flew off. <laughs> it's a horrid video to watch, but you got to see this thing. You just watch it in your own time. But yeah, Jake Brown, 2007, big air crash. Bye, Tom. Hi, Tom. Every time. <laughs> Oh no, I've just got his avatar <laughs> smiling at me. There he is. So. Ooh, Christ, that looks like it hurt. Oh, yeah. But if you watch really close, you can see both his shoes go off in separate directions. <laughs> it's almost comical. That's uh, pretty. Yeah, just it? broke every bone in his body, but his shoes came off. So let's laugh. Get his shoes. Yeah, uh, yeah, imagine uh, if you're one, of the pe- you're one of the people who got his shoe. Oh, and there's a foot in it. Who was your fa- who was your favorite uh, pro back in the day on Tony Hawk? For some reason, I always um, gravitated towards Cream Campbell. Um, I don't remember any of them apart from Tony Hawk, so I'm going to. I always I always used to use um, Rod- Rodney Mullen because I loved his like Flatland tricks yeah, and things. Yeah, he was so yes, good. Yes, I remember him. I like like his pro his pro videos were always like super cool when he was doing dark slides and handstands and pogos yeah. on his board and stuff. I used to love skateboarding when I was a kid. I, yeah, me too. I never had any interest in it apart oh from. Oh man, that is all I did from sixth grade through eighth grade. Hundred percent. I don't know what ages those are, but I did it from thirteen, fourteen years old till about sixteen. 
I kind of tapered off in high school because nobody else that I hung out with skateboarded. So it kind of mm. fell off a little ways, but yeah. So I'm looking at the names of the skaters that were in the first Tony Hawk game. Oh, Bob, Bob Burnquist. Th- yeah, the killer and from I Brazil. I think he was great. I think I used to play as Chad Muska. Oh, I don't yeah. like Chad Muska. I just remember because the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 demo had two playable characters, Tony Hawk and Chad Muska, and it gave you two minutes in the... In the warehouse. In the warehouse? Uh, might have been the warehouse. It was a different uh, warehouse. It wasn't from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1. Like, that's what no, I can't... So 2 was an, out, was an outdoor one. Uh, it was just like a generic skate park, but it's really. the, the Yeah, you're oh, right. Wait, the demo no, from Chad number Muska. 1 is not the, the original warehouse, but you are in a warehouse, and I think it's something you can unlock later. It's mm. not that opening warehouse level. Mm. Um, so if you if you guys put your nostalgia head on, nope. which one do you remember the most? Out two. Of one and two. Two. So two. it's two it's two for me as well. Like I think I've played one, but two I is see. kind of I devoted an entire summer to playing two. I think we tried to get all of the gaps with no guide or anything like that. And I don't think we Man. ever managed it, but six weeks holidays over the summer, that's all we did. <laughs> yeah, definitely two for me. I hardly played one, but um, I remember when I when we finally got our PS2, and then I bought three, and the graphical change was mm. was pretty big. And yeah, three was amazing though. Three was really cool. I don't think yeah. I, I kind of ever assumed they didn't put three. three in it. I know. I know. What'd you say, Mike? I don't think I ever actually played three. I think I only played one and two. Mm. That that was kind of yeah but i do remember that demo that you were talking about tom um did you say of two or one because i had i always remember the demo of one and playing the warehouse on there yeah one was definitely the warehouse i remember playing that too uh but on every single time yeah every single time skipping to superman by goldfinger every time i played it Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm trying to find uh, that level though because it's ages trying to it's not the traditional warehouse i could picture it in my head and uh but you can go down and you can you can the the half pipes like straight in front of you, and the uh, there's that glass room above it. Nope, that's not the demo level that I remember no. playing. Uh, yeah, that I, think, I think that's head. I think that's the hangar from two, the hangar. No, it was definitely number one that I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's that 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 mm. is the warehouse level in number one, but that's not the one that they had as the the demo level before the game came out. Mm. I found a, 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 a screenshot of the demo level. Yeah, I'm trying to find like, it too. This is it here. Uh... The levels I really, really remember are nope, the school. That's not it. The um, the Venice Beach level and the Area Fifty One level, where you I could go. Is that where you have to go over the aliens? Yeah, I think so. And uh, the Venice Beach levels, where you had to ollie over the magic bum, and it would teleport to different places. Oh yeah, it's really hard to search anything right now because it's all the. Uh, remaster crap. Yeah, um, I'll find it, but I know it's not the original yeah. warehouse level. Like I can, I can picture it. Oh, it's it's not even a warehouse. It, it was over here. It might be that one. Nope. Looks sort of familiar. Nope, that's not it. It's definitely outdoors, dude. Not the demo that I remember. Uh, okay, maybe we had. Maybe I mean, is it, it's a, there's a chance that North American demo would have been different because back in that generation we had. That's true. Big yeah. differences compared to these days. That's true. <clears throat> but whatever the case, this game is going to be fucking awesome. I, I think everyone already has a few demos that they would have played constantly, yeah. and that was definitely one of them for me. 
Yeah, because the one that I remember when you start off, you had the the grind rail directly in front of you, and then in the back left corner there was the large above ground half pipe, and off to the right there was the large mm-hmm. W shaped in ground bowl. Uh, mm. I found it. This was the demo. Uh, this is the demo I had. Hang on. I think this one. Nope, that's the uh, warehouse that's the level from the beginning. Yeah, that's not the demo yeah. we yeah. had. That's the demo I had of the the first one. Yeah, Do you guys remember like three had all those kind of it really doubled down on like the secret areas and things and yeah. the levels? Yes, Love it was it. so cool. Like you could burst through like loose looking like fences and be in a whole different yeah. area entirely. It was really cool. There was I really remember the cruise ship level on that one. Yes. Oh man, that one was so good. Yes, that was brilliant. With the captain like doing stupid announcements all the time when you're going around and things. It was really good three was I great i actually had three on the game boy advance and it was surprisingly mm. good it wasn't like an isometric yeah. view and you use the game boy advance shoulder buttons to turn and uh, uh it was really neat really liked that game. wasn't the i actually really game like boy advance ones well. were done by vicarious visions as well weren't they which are the guys handling the remaster yes yes you're right which is vicarious uh, visions yeah, also did that. um did the crash bandicoot remaster so yeah. they're pretty you, good at these old do you think remasters? we get crash bandicoot as a character Maybe. If, yeah, it'd be t- interesting to see if, because obviously Spider-Man was in the original, so that's to do with licensing and stuff. I wonder because if, because so, Sony's got that license for the Spider-Man game now, if we could see Spider-Man in Tony Hawk, but only on the PS4 I, version. I doubt it. Because mm. when, because it was Never Neversoft before, wasn't it? Um, they obviously had the Spider-Man games and Tony Hawk at the same time. Oh, so yeah. that I don't think oh, it, yeah. I don't think it would work with it not being a first-party studio, Vicarious Visions not being a first-party studio just because Sony has that license. I don't think they're going to Well, I'm to not let. buying it. Well, it's not even Sony that has it. It's Insomniac that has it, isn't it? So, Do you know what? Uh, I doubt it. Tony Hawk 3 still sta- like still holds up graphically. This play is not a bad too. It's really game. good. Yeah. Do you guys play a 4? Yes, but... Yeah. Wait. Not that was much. more like kind of open world. Yeah. The first what like that where you could get off the board and stuff and go yeah, and speak to people. It had the goofiest tricks as well. Like yeah, they really this, that's when it started to lose me a bit. I mean, I played Thug. Thug was so much was, fun. Thug was really good. Yeah. But I've never played Thug 2 because I remember looking at it and it goes, it just looks stupid, this one. But I would I quite like play to play that. it now. I did play American Wasteland. That was also pretty good. Never played that one. Project 8, I really enjoyed. I never did that one. I moved to Skate by the time that came out. Project Eight was like it was kind of an it was one seamless open world to explore, which was really cool. Hmm. And I remember one of the last challenges on it was kind of do a combo across the entire open world, and it was one <laughs> of the most difficult things I ever did in a game. It was so oh, you tricky. Did it? Yeah, Jesus. I did it. <laughs> so I found the demo that we had as kids i gave you guys a link to it but it says official uk playstation magazine demo so we must have had oh, the same how one was it let me see yeah. let me have a look again that's the original there eric yep not tony hooks pro skater 2 i know but this is uh, that level is oh, okay. not anywhere besides that yeah demo. i can't find it either god damn that game looks like us yeah wow, but it, it, pl- really it still does. plays so fucking good like they had the controls locked down then it was such a well-handled game yeah, I'm glad though they've confirmed for the remasters that they're putting reverts in, which were introduced yeah. in three. Because oh, if you yeah. go back after you've played a Tony Hawk game with the revert, which you can use to string together combos from vert, then you can't go back because it's so difficult. Do you guys are you watching this I, video? Do you recognize that level? 
Yes, I do. I recognize that level, yeah, but I I definitely had a demo of that level that I showed you because I remember, um, because whichever character it was that I used to use, which might give me a hint to who it was, he could do a, like just a backflip it was one of his specials and my thing yeah. with that I kept always trying to do was going through that glass bit above the half pipe and trying uh, to do the backflip yeah. at the same time I just Best special move hands level, down right? is Christ is still Christ there Christ yeah. all about the Christ there Christ there I liked the one where you would go up into the air and then like lay on your board as well on your back and I think if oh, you yeah. did it right you could <laughs> land onto the I love the spidey flip as well where a spider-man would literally just knock his board away and then grab it with web and pull yeah. it back under his feet that was really cool hmm <laughs> Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 is only £5 from CEX I'm tempted to get it because I never uh, played that one I want to get a copy of nice Tony Hawk's Pro Skater ride the, uh... skateboard included broken ankles guaranteed Except, wasn't that shit though oh yeah <laughs> or it was controller. terrible I had to demo it at the store I was working at once one of my buddies, uh, for Christmas, his wife wanted to get him a game, so she bought him Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5, and he actually oh. was like, this just game left is so bad, I'm taking it back. Like, he didn't even open it. He just read one review on it. He's like, apparently this game is so damn broken. I can't believe they released that as a numbered entry. I was going to buy it just to see how bad it was, but it's still like 40 bucks. Well, you know you know the story about behind that, though, don't you? You know that like they rushed it out because they were about to lose the license. Yeah. Uh, it's a tra- it's pretty tragic. Apparently, it's got a thing, right? Because obviously, originally, grind was always triangle. And in that one, apparently, it has a, th- a thing called a slam mechanic, which is also mapped to triangle. So slam oh, yeah. is basically when you up in the air and you press triangle and you slam down on the ground to continue your combo. But Weird. if you're trying to grind, then it doesn't really recognize which one you're trying to do. And <laughs> half the time, you end up slamming down into the ground instead of grinding. I remember, I remember this. It was... Bad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think well you'd done, have a good well time done, with guys. three for five bucks. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Like why? I. Ready? Who? You buy it. Because I was, I was from, tempted to get some, from uh, some old school PS2 wrestling games recently as well. Um, so I might make an order yeah. from them. Here we'll comes see. the pain. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. Or the one. <laughs> I think it was the one after it. I can remember, never remember the name of SmackDown um, versus Raw, versus Raw. I think was it? Oh, maybe it's the one before. I'm thinking of the one, the one that basically was had four. Shut your mouth. What'd you say, Mike? Maybe or shut your mouth. There's there's one I always remember that I I, I remember having good. Like obviously, here comes the pain. Here comes the pain. Was always brilliant, yeah. but I remember the the way I always remember which one it was. And this isn't here comes the pain. I think it was the one before it. Shut uh, your mouth. It's the one where you actually have Hogan as as much as I hate Hulk Hogan, but this is how I remember it. You had his NWO attire and his like normal Hulk that's Hogan sure, attire. That's definitely shut your mouth. He had his NWO music for one, and mm-hmm. he had the Jimi Hendrix Voodoo Child entrance for the other. I think Dan's right. I think it is shut your mouth. Yeah, that was my favorite Cause one. Because I think that was... Uh, it, just Bring It was a, had a terrible career mode. Like, just shockingly mm. bad. Oh, so um, fucking bare bones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was weird. It's Fred Durst, though. <laughs> Sorry? It's really get to play as fred durst though yes you do <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> how random is that it's really interesting actually that uh, this year they've not announced that they're not going to do a wwe game because last year's was so poorly received oh yeah it looked fucking awful God. i think we talked about it on here didn't we but like the like some of those crashes where the the fucking oh. faces were melting and, <laughs> and like running really fast between the ropes <laughs> as <Yeah>. well <laughs> 
Oh, really strange. It's um, really, but no, I, I've looked at some of the footage of some of the other ones, uh, of some of the newest one. Yeah, it looks fucking awful. But they're doing that Battlegrounds one, aren't they? Which looks like kind of a pseudo, well, kind of a success, spiritual successor to uh, WWE All Stars. Oh, yes, I'd be interested in that. It looks like more arcadey and a bit more accessible um, if you're not used to the the intricate grappling systems of the 2K ones. At least that's my that's my feeling on it. I, I've not it played like the 2K it. ones, but they look quite... They look a bit more simulation-like rather than the arcade versions of they are. WWE Definitely games, are. like Just Bring It and Shut Your Mouth and stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, the, not, well, I want to go on too much of a tangent on wrestling games, but you know, the recent, the ones over the recent years has um, has definitely, you know, for your proper wrestling fans who want to try and simulate matches rather mm-hmm. than just kind of have fun, and it's it's so hard for non fans to, uh, you know, get into it because they don't want to, they don't want to learn all of the like intricacies. Yeah, you can't just sit down and. And, and just say so we'll all quickly have a match with me on this because they need to know yeah exactly yeah. right you got to press <laughs> thing this thing that grab the grapple and then you got once you grapple you got a set of moves all right then you got the floor grapple and then you got <laughs> yeah it gets a bit much it's like trying to get yeah. people to come I mean, and play st- uh, crash team racing with you when they're used to mario kart uh yeah i i, I should get the crash team racing remaster you still not got it sorry no Oh, man, it's so good. Yeah, when did I play it? Oh, at my yours, yeah. Eric. We yeah. played it on my neighbor's garage door. Yeah. yeah. It actually is really good. Yeah. It's I the best car racer out there, lads. Yeah. I like that it's lads, got all the original uh, peoples, like the original levels, I mean. And some new ones. Ooh. Ooh. I'd be really that. interesting to see this year if um, they announce a new Crash Bandicoot because it's heavily rumoured. They've got it right. I mean, they, they made would... they made a brand new level for the Insane Trilogy. So why the hell oh, not? Oh yeah, they definitely work. They're definitely working on one because the Insane Trilogy and Crash Team Racing have sold like crazy. So like mm. in the UK, especially, I think the Insane Trilogy in the UK was like one of the best selling games the year it came out in the UK. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. So strange. But have you guys seen that um, Animal Crossing is the um, highest selling uh switch best selling and highest selling switch game in japan it's overtaken smash brothers i've wanted to get into that but i just yes every every time i i try to get into an animal crossing game i just realize it's not for me yeah sometimes you just have to accept that it isn't for you and i think i know next to nothing about them to be honest so i just kind of they just pass me by i'm like i think if it doesn't look like like it appeal stardew valley and but that's the that thing. It's nothing like any of that, though, because I always go into it hoping it'll be like another uh, Harvest Moon game, and it's not. It's just here's your here's your mortgage, pay it off. Yeah, but isn't that kind of Stardew Valley? You no, I mean Stardew Valley is like a farming game. Yeah, but it's still like resource management. You're breaking shit up, turning it into materials. That's not Animal Crossing, though. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Animal Crossing is is not really about creating anything. It's about paying off a mortgage and making friends in a town and pulling weeds. Yeah, but you're still like... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, I just can't get on with it, and I've thought about it. Like, hey, maybe this would be fun to play with the kids, but I just can't, can't do it. 
Can't do yeah, it. I mean, Hazel really likes Stardew Valley, and there's a few of our friends who are playing Animal Crossing, and it, it, it was her birthday at the beginning of May, and I said, look, do you want me to get it for you for your birthday? And she's like, I just don't think I'm going to like it, despite the fact everyone else is playing it as well. So we never bothered getting it. Yeah, it's definitely... Yeah, Eric, you do craft stuff in Animal Crossing. Mm, yeah. Like, like you knock, you cut down a tree and you get hardwood and then you get some iron and then you build a desk and all this kind of stuff. Uh, well, they must have added that stuff. <laughs> what, now? When I, yeah. when I wasn't looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So turned yeah. around, I was packing I some boxes. I wasn't going crazy. <laughs> uh, it's like that game Forager. That was That's a really popular game on PC at the moment. Mm. Or it was for a while. More popular same, than SnowRunner? Same shit. Like collecting stuff, building it. It's all based oh off God Minecraft, damn. isn't it? All this stuff. I'm trying to pinch the old success of... Uh, pinch, pinch a penny. Make it cry. Yeah. Standing on the shoulders of giants. At the risk of sounding naive, what the hell is SnowRunner? I keep hearing you guys talk about it. <laughs> It is a, um, you'll love this, Mike. Uh, it's a simulation game of like driving trucks. Uh, over really treacherous terrain. <laughs> over treacherous terrain from point to point. And you can do co-op where you have both of you are in trucks, I think. One, one does the pedal, one pedals, one does the wheel. <laughs> no, the video I watched, uh, Don't one look. guy was, uh, I think he was, helping his buddy who was stuck with like a winch or whatever like he was pulling him through treacherous ter terrain because he'd already reached a, a better spot yeah it does look pretty good though it I mean, looks fun if you have really a steering wheel I, I don't know if i'd want to play it on my keyboard i have a steer i have like an old logitech ps2 steering wheel i wonder if that would work on pc but i think it would be even more fun if you have one of the big uh the wheels that came with that PS2 game, eighteen wheeler, and, uh, and then you put the you 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 put the uh, tractor thing on it so you can turn it like like you're stirring a mixing bowl. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, no, it sounds sounds like too much uh, too much trucks around for me. <laughs> I just think it'd be so so funny, Mike, if you finished work, came home, and then booted up stir on. <laughs> There is actually a guy at my work because I, I was wearing my factory seal t-shirt to work one day and because um, we can basically wear whatever we want. And um, one of the older drivers at our place, he, he said, oh, you're into games and I was like, yeah, and I got chatting to him. And he actually goes home and, and like he's, he's involved. I, I don't think it was actual truck simulator, but it was something else where like he actually goes home and he actually plays these kind of things. And he... Um, <laughs> Is constantly like with the create on the message boards with the creators of the game and stuff like that, talking about like routes and things. And he, he, he takes his dash cam footage and sends it to them so they can get like realistic routes and stuff. Oh my god, yeah, it's really popular. Really? Like on Steam, there's a I watched a few just very briefly developer videos of uh, the game, I think it's Euro Truck Simulator, where they've actually taken like full scale maps of various countries and or sections of countries and then yeah you like you say you can plot routes and find your way around and haul stuff God, I don't it know sounds about as do. exciting as that game that penn and teller made <laughs> called desert bus Have you guys <laughs> ever heard of that, that one no no so every every year they do a charity event and they play 24 hours of desert bus and it was part of a Penn and Teller game. I don't remember what system it was on, but essentially you drive a bus on a straight road from Tucson to Las Vegas. Okay. 
and there's no turns there's nothing to avoid it's just your bus ever so gradually drifts to the right so you can't just <laughs> tape the button down and go so basically uh, the tracking's off <laughs> so if you if you veer off the road and crash you start over but it takes this it, it takes the full amount of time that it would actually take to drive from tucson to las vegas which is about seven hours oh that's and great so, so what, it's what eight, they do it's with it i was uh well according to this Sega how CD slow you are. it's a solid <laughs> but yeah they'll do a 24-hour charity event of it and just keep playing it and see how far they can get but yeah, it's, it's well. We know what we're doing for our next live stream. When you say see how far they can get, do sometimes do they not make it there despite it being just a straight just, line? Well, yeah, because the bus just veers. Like you have to continually just tap the button to keep yourself straight. And if you if you crash after four hours, you have to start over? the whole fucking thing over. No, I, I like that they went to the effort of putting a little uh, tree air mirror in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why is the rearview mirror in there as well? So you can see what's behind you. Yeah. You gotta know where you've been to see where you're going. Oh, it was unreleased. They never released this game, Eric. Well, it's that's why Penn and Teller play their magic, smoke you see. and mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> it was some sort of commentary on the uh, meaningless, meaningless nature of games or something. Oh. How dare they? How, How dare very dare they? Meaningless. It's games was, that bring us together. If this was made by EA, there'd be microtransactions for fuel. <laughs> <laughs> Meaningless. Those, guys, you, those, guys, those guys obviously didn't see the footage of Ghost of Tsushima this week, which looks very good. It's full of stuff to do. Like Breath of the Wild with Samurai. Yeah, Tom's in. I didn't really catch I, much I in the way of Batman, Breath of the Wild, but... I caught, I caught. You're on a That's horse going through the woods. You got a chance, bow and arrow. Tom. Breath of the Wild. What'd you say? That's because you didn't give Breath of the Wild a chance. <laughs> I put 25 hours in. I think you'll find. <laughs> 25 hours. Bullshit. I don't believe you. Failed to believe you got 25 hours in and decided, nah, not for me. You can check my Nintendo profile. That's the beauty of the, the Switch. How uh, do I know you haven't had Neo playing it? God, I think I have 80 plus hours. Oh, he has no idea what he's doing. That cat doesn't understand anything. <laughs> Tried to teach him remorse the other day. Doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I think my first I, I'm on a second playthrough of that I think my first one was 80 plus hours oh, easily glutton for punishment mine probably was too <laughs> but I've got rid of my Wii U so I can't check I still can't believe you haven't played it on Switch yet it's so much better oh yeah it will not come down in price I'm not paying full price for it again I'm not gonna do it I'm not doing it it well, shouldn't it be that, cheaper it, down it to came like out 40. four years ago it went down to like forty two ninety nine on the eShop a few months back. I'm not buying it digitally. <laughs> no, I think I am Thomas yeah, Regan with Final Fantasy VII. Like. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. Did you ever find out what happened to your physical copy? Yeah, it's uh, it's on my desk at work. Probably well past the return period by now. <laughs> oh yeah, oh it's fine. I'll keep I'll keep it sealed. God like, damn I it. like your style. Because <laughs> uh, I don't need to open it, do I? No. But uh, so what did you what did you guys think of Ghost of Tsushima? Yeah, you know, I it'll be good. I thought it looked quite nice. It'll be good. Um, I like the older. I like that the the world feels quite alive, and that the world is guiding you to your next. Uh, like you know, next place you need to go. Like animals are sort of. Yeah, it's, so, it's such a, a such a clever use of like the UI rather than actual 
icons and stuff. I think that's really yeah. cool. It reminds me of, I was saying to you guys, some like old Japanese cinema, samurai style. Very cool. Yeah, yeah especially very... that like black and white mode. Yeah. Looks very artistic and beautiful. I didn't actually I'm, watch I am, all I am of it, intrigued. I am sold on it from what I've seen. Yeah. Eric enjoyed it too much, so he finished it. <laughs> I like this video too much. Off. Oh. It looks a I, bit like I went and pre-ordered it immediately afterwards. Pre-order, shiny nice. order. So right, when you watch porn, do you have to turn it off if you get too excited? Yeah. Yep. Takes me a while. <laughs> It looks um, a bit like um, would I be right in saying it, it's a bit Assassin's Creed like? Yeah, it's it, kind of yeah. Assassin's Assassin's Creed mixed with Breath of the Wild, mixed with Batman Arkham, by the looks of it. Yeah, mixed with SnowRunner, <laughs> <laughs> mixed with Animal Crossing because there's animals yeah. showing you where to go. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, mixed with Wind Waker because the wind guides you. <laughs> <laughs> mixed with every game that came out beforehand. <laughs> Mixed with <laughs> did um did you guys see the bit? so obviously there's the two different modes you you can go in where there's samurai mode or there's what they call oh. ghost mode which is basically yeah. stealth mode um did you see you guys see like in the samurai mode when you he went to have like a a duel with someone like a samurai duel um even like the aspect ratio changed to make it more cinematic i thought oh, it was yes. awesome i hope it stretches like the bars as much came as possible at the top of the <laughs> Um, takes all of it, squishes it, and stretches it even further. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes! Samurai showdown! <laughs> Eric, Dan, do you think Kurt, Dan use, Curtis mode. Do you think you'll use the stealth mode, Eric? The what mode? The, the stealth mode What's in that? the game. It's called being a oh, ghost. Oh, where you're just trying to be a little bit more sort of sneaky than action, like full-blown action. Yeah, I have no idea what you're to... talking about. Okay. Just wondered. I don't think Eric's going to like you it. It looks a bit one. like Sekiro. It's too much samurai, you know. <laughs> what, Mike? You say that, but when we were playing Warzone together last week, oh. we we did we did some hiding. We did. We did. Oh my god! Let I don't want to be one of those shows that talks about Call of Duty all the time. <laughs> holy shit! Tom and I have lost ourselves into this. It has become a nightly thing, and it's not it's like, hey, let's play a quick couple rounds. It's like, and there's three and a half hours. Uh, where's where's bad. our invite like? Well, you're in bed. Yeah. So? It's the weekend. <laughs> if you'd invited us beforehand, I'm sure I could have like put us up, put a pot, pot of coffee, unlike you. And uh, you are, you wake up at four in the morning to go to work. You're already at work by the time we're playing. Not not on the weekend. I don't. Well, this oh. is really the first full weekend that we've kind of been balls deep into this thing. Yeah. Have you guys bought the battle pass? No. No. Tom still hasn't even bought the game. I don't even have the game. <laughs> I was like just freeloading off the off the. Cheap ass skins and the shitty loadouts that they give you. <laughs> Tom and I discovered the joy of playing uh, co op plunder last night. And uh, we go through, we rampage houses. We discovered that Hank Fist is a wonderful box sniffer. Um, Love to, <laughs> to sniff me some boxes, <laughs> as seen by the number of boxes that I get each game. But we usually get about halfway through the round and then uh, we find a place to hunker down and Peter said, Right, and do some sniping. <laughs> And boy, are we not quiet about it. <laughs> when we were playing together, you turned up in a fucking Jeep and was just, we all got in and you were just, oh, driving, just through like an area, <laughs> driving through an area that was just full of guys. You just constantly honking the horn. Yeah, but before that, when Hank he picked us up, he was, driving, he was driving around in a circle in reverse, 
hammering the horn, <laughs> giving away our position. I'll have you know and then, that. And then that... not not stopping to pick us up, so you just had to jump in when he went past the best. Mind he you, could. you're forgetting the most important detail about that round. What position did we come in that round? A fourth. <laughs> fourth. I rest my case. I rest my case. But but well, you guys should have seen it last night. So obviously the objective in plunder is to collect as much cash as possible. <sighs> At what point, Eric was carrying about $400,000. I had a couple hundred thousand, but I was following him to the next destination. And on his back, he's just got stacks and stacks of dollar bills, so much so that they're just all flying off back towards me. Like it's like the Jeeves mobile in Rocket League. If you have money just coming out the back. I took a few screenshots. I'm going to see if I could try and get them off my... Every time we'd bust through later. a door, Hank Fist, FBI, yeah. show me where your money is. Be over real quick. <laughs> Jump out the top story window, Hank Fist. <laughs> I can't I can't believe, though, it took us this long to all play games together because obviously we do this show, but we haven't actually taken the time to actually just play some games together very often with well, all the so different time zones. it's so hard, though, with so. the difference in time. Yeah. I mean, you guys are eight hours ahead of me. Tom is three ahead. So Tom kind of falls into this middle gap where... It, he could play with you guys, but it'd be like during the middle of the workday. But then, you know, to play mm. with me, he's got to stay up really late. And just, it, it's really weird. Yeah, it's tough. Get moving, I, son. Yeah, well, we're Still moved ahead. I'm moving a little further east. About down the street. Yeah. You said you had no idea. About three miles. <laughs> but I am, um, thing is, <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm an online Call of Duty player. Yeah. What the fuck <laughs> happened to me? <laughs> I would argue that that's not really Call of Duty. No, because it's Warzone. But yeah, yeah what the fuck happened? <laughs> but yeah, me also... And Tyson, me Mike, and Tyson were just playing it before we came on this, actually, as well. So. Mike, ah. you actually invited me on your own volition to play another co-op online shooter with you. Yeah, and there were w- strict rules, though. You had to behave yourself. Did I behave? <laughs> you did, actually. I was impressed. Minus all the Marines we had I to killed. Watch, <laughs> we had to watch the cutscenes. <laughs> we did. <laughs> We did. So yeah, Eric was. Um, so while while I've been off, I've been taking advantage of the fact that I haven't been getting up for work, and I bought myself a new headset as well because um, well, I didn't even have one for the for the consoles. And uh, on one of the nights, I'd, I'd finished what I'd been playing, um, I'd, the game that I'd been playing solo, and I was like, All right, should I start a new game? And uh, maybe I should play some multiplayer, like take advantage of this headset that I bought. And like, obviously, it was middle of the day for Eric, and he's not really properly going to work now. And uh, <laughs> it's like, Eric, do you, do you fancy playing some Halo 2? You said, will you Thinking? show me the sights and sounds of Halo 2? And boy, did <laughs> I show you the sounds of gunfire. <laughs> and dying Marines. <laughs> but no, we're, we're only, what, two or three levels in? Um, yeah, but yeah, it's three. a good time. Like, it's, it's funny because, don't get me wrong, I'm going to put this out to start with. I, I'm not going to play Destiny, Eric, when I say this. But like, you know, so Eric's you had a conversation now. before with, with Dan on here about how sometimes with certain games it's not necessarily the game it's you know playing online with people and your friends and stuff like that and and i definitely got that with halo 2 considering i'm not really into first person shooters and no we had a good time i liked halo when we played it for the show but then obviously going into halo 2 with eric it was a hell of a lot of fun yeah showing you how to properly ride a warthog i taught mike the the wonderful trick of breaking the the levels because they they put clear barricades like all right here's you're supposed to get out of your vehicle and continue on foot no nope, oh Hank yeah i'm oh, gonna yeah. bring my scorpion tank through here anyway they did that in the original <laughs> halo i remember like if you if you're dedicated enough you can get a you warhog can... into the into buildings <laughs> boy did i've we. definitely had a ghost in a building before i, I got a ghost yes. stuck in a rooftop pool 
Oh, Halo is a great game. Yeah, oh. yeah we, we should chip, we should chip away at that, Eric. Like yeah, it's, it's easy to pick up and play. So like, it, you know, levels are don't short get a enough. To, yeah, if we don't get a chance to kind of skip through it quick enough, then you know we can always just jump in and out. We when, did when play we a couple of rounds of Warzone with uh, Dalton Abshire from our community. That was a good good time. Oh yeah, yeah, that was, oh, good. That was cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Good fun. We, um, me and Mike have been having a lot of fun with um, Streets of Rage Four as well. Because <sighs> that game, how fucking good is Streets of Rage Four? Brilliant. It's Fantastic so good. Game. Man, I level. love it so much. Just as the Are you bought it? No, it's on Game Pass. Ah. Uh, well, I like absolutely adore it. It's just every bit as good as the originals. Got re- well, this I've is the really thing. Like the the reviews I saw, they seem to either love it or hate it. And the only reason why people seemed to hate it was that it was too much like the originals. I'm like, that's what I fucking wanted. No. When I read those reviews, but I was like, this is exactly like what I original, want. the original, everyone would be like, it's not enough like the original. And those are the people that you're just never going to please. Yeah. It's it's but not, even, it's, to be fair, with the Streets of Red 4, you could blitz through it probably in an hour and a bit and finish it off. But the whole game? I've got, yeah, I've got some yeah. serious longevity out of it. I've played through it multiple times since it came out. And, because I'm trying to get all, I'm trying to get all the S ranks on um, hard difficulty, and it's really, really difficult. Did you play? Well, through we've been making our way through the. Sorry, Sorry Eric, Mike. Oh, I was saying, me and you have been making our way through the um, through the difficulty levels. So we started on normal, and then we made it through hard, and we're part of the way through hardest at the moment. And you know, the real shame is that the four-player multiplayer is only local. I, did, oh, I, I, I wish know. it was online as well, because that would be so fucking good. I mean, admittedly, we've all kind of got it on different consoles, but. And you it's can turn off friendly fire so Eric couldn't hit you. Damn it. Yes. Out. Yep. <laughs> but he could take the turkeys. Shovel the ramen. Straight up the crotch. Whatever you put in. Uh, I've actually been playing through with Cat. We're on the last boss now on normal. And then maybe we'll try on hard. Maybe. I would love uh, to watch Cat play Streets of Rage. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. She gets so angry. It's just gets can so you please aggressive. film it? Yeah. Can yeah, you record her to. and not tell her that you're recording her? <laughs> Yeah, it's good. And I played with a colleague. Obviously, I would love to have played with you guys, but I've got it on the uh, on the old Switch, which is rare for me. I don't normally choose to buy on Switch, but it was because my, my brother did. And I wanted to relive that childhood uh, memory of playing Streets of Rage 2 in 1993. Yeah. Uh, Streets of Rage 2 was my jam back then, man, with my friend. Yeah. I just used to play it all the time. I got, yeah. it, I got the PS4 version because I, I figured ahead of time that it would be the kind of game that wouldn't have much longevity unless it had trophies or achievements to get. So yes, that's why that's, that's why I got the PS4 version. Yeah, that's fair. I yeah. I I know people are like neither here nor there with trophies, but they are quite nice to get sometimes. It is nice to like get a little achievement on your when you're playing through something. It makes not everything it, needs a medal. <laughs> it gives you a little reason to the go generation back there, of yeah. participation. That's purely the reason why I'm trying to get all the S ranks on hard because that's one of the trophies. Yeah, so, but that is so tough, man. For an S rank, you've got to be pretty much pixel perfect throughout the entire level and make sure you Jeez. get really ridiculously long combos all the time. And <sighs> I've got I've got two levels left to do. I'm really close. Well, me and you looked over the trophies together, didn't we? And like to yeah. platinum that game is is fucking hard. Like yeah. you have to go all the way through a level without getting hit and shit like that. Oh my can't god, do, can't do that yet. I've tried that multiple times as well. That's really diff- even on easy. It's really hard to do because there'll be one like Golzier or something who comes and just punches you out of the blue. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, across the street with a knife. Runs with the knife, like yeah, that's tough. But I know you weren't. Those are still bastards. 
Yes, they really are. <laughs> I knew you weren't a massive fan of the art style when you saw the trailers, Dan. I know you've come around on it now, but I think the biggest thing for Streets of Rage, they, like that soundtrack had to be right. And luckily, obviously, they got, I can't remember the dude's name, but they got the original composer back. And this soundtrack is definitely up there with the originals. It's great. And I, in fact, I am a little bit disappointed with the retro soundtrack because there is a retro soundtrack on it. But some of the levels, um, we found this out just in the past couple of days that apparently they couldn't get the licensing for the Mega Drive Genesis Streets of Rage 1 soundtrack. So they'd use the Game Gear ones. And honestly, yeah, it just it ruins so playing bad. through with the retro, yeah, with the retro soundtrack. Um, but luckily, the new soundtrack is, is fucking great. Like, it's What they should so have done good. with the retro soundtrack is they should have included them as like a selection so you could play whatever one you wanted on whichever level that would yeah. be a Tony Hawk sense. style yeah yeah like yeah because there's certain ones there's certain ones which don't fit properly on with yes. the levels they've chosen i find then they should be like, on others on the retro one uh i think you're on like stage three or four and it's playing the stage one music from streets of rage 2 and it just doesn't quite which fit would be per- which would be perfect for the stage one on yes. streets of rage 4 because it's in the streets so. Yes, and the, they've these these tracks have been composed in order. It's not just that's how uh, someone would uh, any good composer would think of it. They would look at the level that they're composing for and match to it. So, what do you guys think? Do you think it's going to get DLC? Uh, I don't know. I couldn't. I'm not. I couldn't make a call on that. I don't think because uh, if you think about it, if you only play through it, Tom. So there's Max is in it, and he appears to have a full move set. Shiva's in it, and he appears to have a full move set. And that Estelle oh. character as well also seems to have a full move set. So uh, they could yes. each be additional characters. I actually thought that as, when I was first playing through it, that Estelle was going to become a playable character because she has uh, like a bit of a turn, a bit of a yeah. turning point. I think. Um, I think it was probably intended to have all these as characters at some point but they've either cut them out for dlc or they didn't have time to finish it off maybe i uh i was disappointed even though i even though he's not amazing i just remember as a kid i played a lot as max <laughs> and so i was uh i was hoping that he would be a playable character in this one well he is a streets yeah. of rage 2 max yes because it's got two. the unlock unlo- unlockable characters from oh, one yes. two and three so yes I've unlocked some of those. That's cool that you can unlock those 16-bit variants. And they have the old uh, calling for the police car special move. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really great. a nice touch. For example, the Streets of Rage 3 characters have the ability to run and roll like they did on Streets of Rage 3, but the Streets of Rage 2 characters don't. Yes. Yes. I I was never actually very keen, personally, on the roll and run mechanic in 3. Um, I quite I quite like it because um, I predominantly use Adam on this one, the new yes, version of Adam, and too. he's like he has a sidestep move which is incredibly useful. It is to get quickly around, yeah. That is good. I oh, struggle uh, to play with anyone else now because they don't have it. Cherry yeah. actually runs. Um, yeah, Cherry and Adam are my two. Uh, yeah, my two go tos. Um, I mean, Dan did quite well as teaming up with uh, me as Adam and him as Floyd. I can't play as Floyd. He's far too slow. Yeah, he's fucking powerful, but he is too slow. Like, his throw is amazing. Have (laughs) you seen the one where he picks up two dudes and just crashes them together? (laughs) It's brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so happy with that game. Like, it just turned out really well. And, like, there's a... uh, I love just going through all the... um, there's loads of extras that they give you too. There's a whole gallery of all the concept art, which is all gorgeous. Um, as Mike's already said, the retro soundtrack. You also got the retro look at look too. You can sort of give it that pixelated look. Um, mm. 
I feel like there's something for everyone in terms of like whether you're an old school Streets of Rage fan or you're just getting into sides crawling beat em ups. There's, there's kind of something for everybody. Um, I kind of like how they've adapted the special moves though, because originally, like, you used um, in the originals, you used the specials and it just basically took a bit of your health off you. Whereas on this one, you mm. use the special, it takes a bit of your health off you, but you can regain that health as long as you do not get hit at any point. Um, you, yes. you can regain it by making combos so the more you hit people you can gain that health back the moment you're hit you lose that advantage to try and get the health back so the risk and reward is the risk and reward is still there but it's in a completely different fashion and it's worth using rather than just going right i'm going to sacrifice my health it's a case of okay i'll sacrifice my health but i will try and keep it and it's a real real nice touch yeah i I agree because uh in streets of rage 2 i actually only ever used the special really if i was in a pinch like i was like almost dying or against the boss because I always hated the fact that I was losing health for using it. Yeah, I, I very rarely use it as well. But if you, Eric, and you don't understand this mechanic and you start playing Streets of Rage 2, you, you just spam that attack and lose all of your health instantly. Square. That's it. Square. <laughs> Square. It's triangle. Square. Or, or A. Nope. <laughs> That controller don't have square. But yeah, um, Streets of Rage 3 had a different mechanic as well, where a little gauge would fill up, and if it was full, you didn't lose any health when you used a special move. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm. I need to revisit Streets of Rage 3, because it's probably the one I know the least. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit, it, it's a bit mad compared to the others. It is, yeah. It's not as well known. Yeah, you know, I was watching. I, I was actually watching a YouTube video about uh, Streets of Rage 3 the other day, um, and it was going into how... So much of it was so heavily censored in the um, outside of Japan. So in the UK and US, it was so censored, and and it kind of actually ruins the experience. And it actually, <clears throat> excuse me, it actually changes some of the uh, dialogue and everything between the story and stuff like that. And it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it cut that Ash character out, who is gloriously offensive, to be fair. But it, it got, there's a whole character. Oh, is that the really out. camp guy? Yeah, the really camp guy. <laughs> Look, it looks like Mr. Slave from South Park. Yes, he does. <laughs> He was a playable character in the unofficial Streets of Rage remake, though, which was cool. Interesting. Oh, my God. I need to look into that one day. I didn't even know about this guy. But, yeah, I can see why he was cut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I think think 3 came at a funny time. I think it was... I I haven't got it in front of me. I think it was 95 that it came out. And so then we're on the cusp of, like, changing generations... And apparently three wasn't enough of a difference from two. Like, okay, maybe they added added an extra mechanic or two, but it was wasn't quite enough of a difference. And the soundtrack didn't quite. Uh, yeah, was apparently quite as he, was re- he was really experimental with it or something. He said mm. in the video that I watched. Oh, which okay. Is, so apparently it wasn't as well received because two had such a strong soundtrack as well, like really memorable songs. Mm. So. Yeah, yes. interesting. I just uh, whip that up on Spotify sometimes. Streets Race 2 soundtrack. Yeah. Dun, dun, just drive it all listen to that. See, I'm a Streets of Rage dun, 1 dun, soundtrack guy, but that's just, I think it's just nostalgia talking, to be honest. Dun, just remember. Because I had that Mega Games pack. Do you remember that one? Columns, Golden Axe, and Streets of Rage. Yes. Uh, yeah. See, I had the one with uh, Super Hang On. Uh, was it Football Italia? And Football Columns. Italia. I think I had yeah. one with the Revenge of Shinobi in. Yes. Oh. Yeah, you know what? That's what I'm thinking of. Shinobi, Golden Axe, and Streets of Rage. Yes, that's the, one, that's the one I had. What a deal. 
That's a good pack of games, that like. Yeah. I know that Eric would agree. He likes Shinobi. Yeah, but if you, honestly, it, honestly, if you liked um, original Streets of Rage in any way, you will love Streets of Rage 4 because it's just everything. It See, should be absolutely nailed play it. beat em ups as a kid. It's just, I don't know why. It Didn't like decking you, other people in. I liked guns. Too busy mega in your man. You like guns. <laughs> I like guns. <laughs> why do you want to only, uh, only if they can shoot in a straight line, not upwards. One game I would recommend to... Uh, certainly you guys Mike and Dan it would be uh, The Punisher on Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive yeah I it think you've a, mentioned this before yeah it's was a side the Marvel character it's a side scrolling beat em up uh, Streets of Rage influenced for sure um, very it's actually really really good I, it's just one of those hidden gems I think I've never really heard anybody else play it but I just had, I gave it a go one day on an emulator and it's really fun there's a Batman game on SNES as well which is a side scrolling beat em up which is really good I oh, think yeah. it might be Batman, Batman Returns. Returns. Because it's, it's completely different on Genesis. It's a side-scrolling like platformer on Genesis. And on SNES, it's completely different. Yeah, you're right. It is Batman Returns. It actually looks really good. <laughs> it is really good. I remember it. <laughs> I, my friend had it, and I played through it, it one night when we were at his house. It was really good. Damn. Other than that, I've never touched it, but it's one of those memories I I can really remember really enjoying it when I played through it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Batman Returns on the Genesis is so difficult, man. It's re- a really I, difficult game. If anyone ever talks about Batman, I just think about Batman Forever on the SNES. <laughs> Such a good game. <laughs> Which uh, we've got some funny videos of in the FS YouTube channel. <laughs> Like the one way that the game where you have to do a combo to do any any movement. <laughs> yes. Trying to swing from the ceiling. How the fuck do you do that? Uh, anybody else playing anything else? Anything else fun? Hi, Neo. Uh, what else have we got here? I think I'm still it. chipping away at Final Fantasy 13. I'll have you know. Um. Yeah, me too, man. I it's it's taken me a little while, but I will get there. I will get there. Tom's got a cat. How far? <laughs> I'm just looking uh, at footage of that Punisher game on uh, Mega Drive, Tom. Yeah, this looks like a good time. Yeah. I might try this out. It's, it's probably already like on my it. Vita, so. Nice. Yeah, I honestly think you guys would like it a lot. Yeah, it looks does look very, very Streets of Rage influence. I've seen him pick up a sword and just slash <laughs> yeah. at people with it. Oh, and he, punch, he punches to open doors, so that's always fun. <laughs> yeah, and every now and again, and this will be one for Eric, you can pick up a handgun. Oh, so You get like a couple of bullets and that's it, so it's quite... Uh, that's not going to do for me. <laughs> I believe they're up by handguns on Streets of Rage 3, actually. Oh, yes, I think you're right. Drop remember. by those dudes who shoot at you. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Unsure. Hmm. Fuck yeah. On the Genesis, but it's mega driving Europe. <laughs> Punish here. <laughs> nice. God damn it. Go on then, Eric. Game of the week. Are we ready for that? I don't know. We are we? Are. I think we are. I think we are. Who? Who is typing into this document and just fucking everything up? 
I don't know. I think <laughs> Not it's guilty. You. F can't pee notes. What document are you talking about? The document we've had for <laughs> years. <laughs> so yes, Tom, it's that time. Oh God, guys, come on. What time is it? It's the seventeenth of May on a Sunday. It's the morning for me. It's the morning for Eric. It's the afternoon for these two. It's time for the game of the week, week, which is. And that is, guys, we played Remedy's Finest uh, 360 slash, uh, well, 360 game, Alan Wake. Uh, gorgeous. Gorgeous. Is 2010, it? so <laughs> only just uh, show eligible. Yeah, it I just made it. I'd wanted to put, uh, play this last year, and I waited purposefully for this reason, to stick with the rules. Because rules is rules, guys. Uh, and, See... Uh, Alan Shake has been one of those games that, like, I see it on the shelf all the time, mm-hmm. and it's been one of those where, I, I don't know, maybe it got really built up for me, and like, I need to play this, and I have just vague memories of playing a little bit of it, but never really enough to understand what it was, and it was kind of this, going into this game, I had no idea. Very few games we go into for the show are going completely blind, and this one, I had no idea what the fuck we were getting into. I've never played Alan Steak before, but um, I, again, it's been one I've seen on the shelves quite often. And I've always thought I should probably play that at some point. Oh, man. So I'm kind of, I'm glad we did. See, I was the same. I I mean, I've, I've always seen Alan break on, on the Xbox and been never owning an Xbox. It was always one of those games that I'd never just I just never really looked at I, I knew it kind of had a bit of a horror feel to it and being the person who loves horror games it yeah. was something that I always 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 kind of was intrigued by whenever I saw it on the shelf but just thought I'm probably never gonna own an Xbox so I'll probably never actually play it um so I went into this completely blind too and I you know spoilers for our thoughts um I was actually pleasantly surprised by this Tom, have you played Alan Walk before? Uh, I, yes, I owned it on the 360 when it, not when it first came out, but when I had that console at college and being a fan of, a big fan of Remedy's earlier games. You do like uh, a good Remedy game. To Max, to, to Max Payne's, um, and even I remember playing Death Rally as well, which was their first game, uh, completely different to anything else they've made. Um, and yeah, we're gonna just first of all, it was an exclusive uh, third-person exclusive action adventure psychological thriller. So I was like, I'm not in t- I'm not totally into horror games, but I like something a little bit little bit trippy and a bit interesting. Uh, heard it had some good storytelling, um, and so I kind of jumped into it. But I, for whatever reason, I don't remember why I didn't progress much further than like maybe halfway. Uh, so for you know kind of spoilers for my thoughts on it though too um alan cake is one of those games that i i get into it i got into this game and really enjoyed it but then it just like i hit a point in the middle of it and it just completely tapered off and we'll we'll get into those reasons why but it's really rare that i get into a game that hard or that heavy and completely taper off and just have to force myself through 
Um, I'm I'm the exact same as you. When I was playing Alan Backache this week, honestly, I was really, really enjoying it. But um, as we got further and further, about when I got up to about episode three, it really started to taper off for me. And I couldn't... And I was struggling to get through it See, towards I think the end. Alan yeah. Spake is one of those games that falls victim to getting in its own way. I thought that too. Because uh, it's got... I really like the... Uh, the writing overall um and sometimes if, if anything i think from reviews that i've read it's got uh the, the main issues have been with gameplay that's where it's received some criticism oh, um, really i thought the writing was atrocious oh, man <laughs> it couldn't have been any more dull not just dull but so hawky and badly written well, and really I get that badly though, I mean, acted as well oh yeah the acting i guess back then I mean, let's face it, Alan Snake really isn't that likable of a character, but I get it. The whole point of this game, it, it is kind of campy. It's like your campy traditional horror thriller style game. But what really, really took me out was um, the generic gameplay loop. Yeah, it's it's constantly the same thing. So With when Alan Pan- when when Alan Pancake is going through the worlds, he kind of yeah he basically the big gameplay loop is basically just go to one place, have a bit of dialogue, then go through and attack these shadowy things with your flashlight and then shoot them. And that's basically it for the entire game. Well, here's the interesting thing. I mean, Alan Shake originally started off as um, an open world game. Um, they they kind of came up with this open world format, um, but they were kind of struggling to 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 make it work um, in terms of storyline and everything like that. This is, I mean, I'm guessing this. This is the reason why in some of the areas there's just buildings that don't even have anything. I mean, there are secrets and stuff in in Alan um, Earthquake, but there's just things that they're all hidden in weird places and then there's just these buildings with nothing in and then there's randomly when there's areas where you drive and there's randomly extra cars there that just aren't needed unless your name's Eric um, you know for no apparent reason whatsoever you can swap to another vehicle and it actually took them about two months to actually completely revise the gameplay loop and real make it so that they could actually get the storyline to work um, because originally there was going to be like a day-night cycle and there was going to be a lot of kind of resource management in the daytime of collecting things like batteries and bullets and, and things like that so that in the nighttime you have all these supplies of things to do the, the battling. And it was when they changed it to more uh, a streamlined linear focus, that was when they realized they're going to have to have uh, chapters, well, it's called episodes, where you're in the daytime to be able to interact with the NPCs and, and carry the story through. See, and- I do think that was interesting because... The whole uh, format that Alan Cheesecake is laid out in is it's kind of in episodes and it is a bit like a TV show because it goes from uh, when you get when you finish an episode, it actually does a recap like previously on Alan Wake and it will be like, oh, it'll show you everything. And it's just kind of it's kind of fucked up Um, and it will just kind of give you a recap of what of what's previously happened and uh, which is which is important though i mean in order to understand what the hell's actually going on in Alan headache you have to have an intricate understanding of how this th- stuff is woven together and sometimes they do 
a really good job of it, but I don't know. I felt myself at like halfway through the game at the end of chapter three, I stopped caring about the story and went, all right, I've got a flashlight. I've got a gun. I'm just going to start killing people. See, I had a very different experience to you because um, me and Hazel generally sat down and played Alan Fake together and we loved the kind of mystery part of it. Now, I'm I'm not going to lie. The writing is a little bit full of itself. Yeah. It is a little pretentious. Like, I think that they... I think that they think that they were being much more cleverer than they were with it. And yeah. I think we'll probably get into, like, the storyline in a bit after we get past these thoughts. But, yeah, they definitely think that the idea is much more clever than it is in my eyes. But that's the problem, and though. Like, it's I had a completely different so experience good. than you, Eric, because... Mm, I quite enjoyed the mystery and the manuscripts, which, you know, I'm sure we'll get into as well, which were giving you little hints of things that were going to happen. You know, I stopped every single one that I found because there's a lot of secret ones and there's some that you can't actually collect unless you're on a higher difficulty as well. They hint at things that have gone past and things that are going to happen. And we listened to every single one. And Spoilers. Me and Hazel. Yeah. <laughs> me and Hazel loved Actual you know, every single time spoilers. we found one, like listening to it and, and, Wait, waiting for these things to happen because some of them would be things that wouldn't happen for another chapter's time or there'd be things that happen in the very near future and it was always very interesting or it'd be hints of things that happen you think oh what's that gonna happen like i think there's one bit where it hints towards um huge bits of metal flying towards you as, as you cross a bridge and then as you cross the bridge it actually turns out that the actual fucking bridge is coming um alive and essentially attacking you uh, we loved that i'd, I'd see and it, it's interesting how we had very different experiences the game is is definitely designed that way and i was really looking forward to um i was really looking forward to playing through alan snowflake with christy but she sat down and watched the first couple episodes and she also just kind of tapered off because um, unlike other games that we've played through together where the story is is, is pretty cohesive, um, I don't know. She just kind of found it too difficult to, to stay engaged with. But it definitely, it definitely starts to fall apart towards the end. So at the start of Garden Rake, I thought it was quite good. But towards the end, towards the end it just really dropped off and it became this kind of really pretentious over-the-top, very hard-to-follow psychological thriller in oh, a way. Oh, man, it kind of took an indigo a prophecy like, turn. Yeah, it's a shame because I like that sort of stuff, like the way it kind of flows, because Alan Taxbreak is a bit of an unreliable narrator in the whole game. You're not, not really sure if he really knows. You can't trust anything that he's saying, and uh, it's almost like... Uh, you, you're feeling like he's the crazy one in all of so, this. So, you know, I think before we get too far into Alan Bellyache, we really need to yeah. kind of give a background as to what's going on. Um, so Alan and his wife, Alice, uh, are going on a vacation. Alan is obviously a writer. Um, his wife right does some sort of <laughs> visual design. She designs the covers for his book. Um, but he's going through a massive bout of writer's block. So she decides to take him to a mountain village. Uh, what is it called? Bright Falls? Bright Falls. Yeah, yes. to kind of just clear his head. And they've rented a cabin. Um, they, they get into town. They're supposed to go meet this person to get the keys for the cabin. When they get there... Uh, Alan comes across um, 
a, a fan at the diner. Um, so even people there know who Alan Wake is. I mean, he's a pretty big name writer. So he goes to get the keys from somebody, but he gets intercepted. And this nefarious looking woman gives him keys and says, you know, here you go. Here is the here are the keys for the, the cabin on Cauldron Lake. So they get into the car and they start driving away. And as that happens, you see the person who he was supposed to meet come out and be like, hey, hey, uh, you know, Mr. T-Bone Steak, you forgot your you forgot your keys. Um, mm-hmm. You're missing so, the most important part of this diner, though. What? When you can turn on the uh, jukebox and play, you put the lime in the coconut and have that stuck in your head for the entire evening. Oh, no. <sighs> I liked some of the music in this game, man. There was a bit no, of... No, um, I liked it too. Yeah, it was okay. A bit of Roy Orbison in there. They ended it on a good note with Bowie. I mean, if you're, a, if you're some, a Beatles uh, fan, you know all about Roy Orbison. No, Let me tell you something. No, I don't, I don't know what that is. But what about the fact Seriously? that when he's, when he's in this diner and he goes around the back where some woman is ter- telling him to stay in the light and stuff and then he goes in the back and then suddenly there's this incredibly creepy looking wife he just appears out of nowhere and gives you some keys. <laughs> Wouldn't you think, this <laughs> well, is a bit unusual. Is, wasn't, there, wasn't there a person at the, at the entry to the bathroom section where it was dark standing there going, don't, don't go in the darkness, it'll, it'll yeah, get it's a, you. It's a, crazy, it's a crazy lady from later. It's the yeah. landlady weaver. So... Um, Alan Beefcake and his wife go off to Cauldron Lake and they get there and start to settle in. But his wife has a debilitating phobia of dark. And that you get there, annoying. she's standing in the light and you need to go in and turn the circuit oh, yeah. breakers on and, and, and get everything settled. Um, and then, yeah, um, I, I'm kind of drawing a blank as to how what happens between here and like the major... Well. Well, he, he, she, it turns out that she's kind of tricked him onto coming oh, on this holiday. He thinks is, they're coming yeah. to relax and stuff. And she calls it, he has a little look around and he calls him, she calls him back in the house and he goes into the bedroom and he, he thinks they're about to have breakfast. And it turns <laughs> out that she's, there's, there's this other room which actually has a typewriter and she, sucker, she's wanting her to, he's, she's hoping that being out on this vacation is going to inspire him to get past his writer's block. And he gets angry and storms out. And that's when he goes out the house and then all the crazy shit starts happening. Oh, yeah. So he, yeah, he heads back out across the bridge and then he hears um, Alice start screaming and all the lights, all the drop lights off. go off. Yeah. So he runs back in and sees that the back door to the uh, cabin has been opened and that the handrail has, has, has been broken and it's a sheer drop down into the water. And he sees his wife being sucked down into the bottom of, of, of the murky depths. So he dives in after her. And then from there, he wakes up behind the wheel of a car crashed on the side of a mountain. Well, doesn't he have that bit first where it's kind of like the tutorial where he's kind of taken to a bit of a dream world and you're going on along that sort of decking oh, yeah. along the, the, the river yes. and stuff and you've got a, a voice with a light talking to him. Oh, yeah. Um, and then he randomly that- yeah wakes up behind the wheel of a, a crashed car, which is very Silent Hill, which is what definitely yes. appealed to me at the beginning <laughs> of this game. Um, yeah. Is that the not right at the start the tutorial before the Gordabrite Falls? Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, it, it did remind me a bit of James. Is it James? And you wake up in Silent Hill 2 and you have to... And you kind of go through the same sort of environment too, like a dirt path, forest, uh, yeah. winding Oh, no, down. Silent Hill 2 is... He's um, he's parked at the bathroom because it starts with looking in the mirror. You're th- oh, yes, um, yes. Yeah. I think you're thinking of Silent Hill 1 where there's Sybil, you see Sybil 
I ride am. past him with Harry yeah. and then doesn't he have the car accident then and then he wakes up and Cheryl's not there. Cheryl. Yeah. This is where it um, very quickly starts introducing the fact that Eleanor Pierce is an author and that you can pick up the different manuscripts from pages that, of a novel that he doesn't remember writing, which is somehow distributed across his path throughout the game. And at the beginning, these were really cool because they were really mysterious and you, you're kind of trying them. to figure... Yeah. All the way through, I liked them. I stopped Those caring about them midway through chapter four, mainly because a good chunk of them were right exactly where you were going to be going anyway, but mm-hmm. there were a, a few that were scattered off into harder to reach or harder to find places. And sure. part of me got annoyed at the fact that there was a, a break in the cohesion. So I would have four in a row and then two or three missing. And then the next four, I'm like, but what's right there? And I missed them and I just kind of stopped. Stop yeah, caring. that's because it, some it, of them are only unlocked in certain difficulties. Oh, that's right. They it have does like kind of say that. Yeah, that it, it says in the yeah, bottom the corner symbol. like these ones and has a little symbol. Yeah, uh, it, me- it messed with my completionist route. Episode like two. Episode two. Those first two pages that you find. Uh, I'm not sure which voice actor is being is reading those, but it's it's definitely quotes from Max Payne, uh, one and two. And uh, yeah, I thought that was a really nice little touch. I don't, I don't know, like why they did it that way, but um, it's that interesting cool. that though, because Remedy is kind of with all their games now made some kind of cohesive universe between them, which is really yeah. rare for a developer to do this. Like Quantum Break, uh, Control, and Alan Wake are all connected, which yeah. is it's kind of and Max Payne potentially, but it's yes. kind of neat, but. <laughs> Also kind of annoying to be like, all right, hey, to understand the ending of that game that came out 10 years ago, you need to play another unrelated game, almost two full console generations removed. Lesson. No, no, because yeah, the, the, the ending of, the remedy ending of, of Alan got... Wake is further established in the DLC, apparently. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And Remedy but... have only just got the publishing rights for Alan Hake back off Microsoft, like back in July. Huh. Yes, exactly. It's all going to be very uh, exciting. The new the new DLC that's coming out for Control is called I think it has the word or in it like A W E. It's just called yeah, Alt- Altered like, World like Event. The, what are the names of the other yeah, one? Yeah, but it, I yeah, but I bet. Come on, like let's face it. Considering they've already hinted, I think it was literally in this past week they've hinted that it's going to like give some closure to 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 this old game. Um, you know what's the betting? This these it's capitalized. Is the A W for for that no, it, stand, it stands for altered world event it's established in control yeah but you haven't played it yet daniel <laughs> what's the what are the, the dlcs know. that actually came out at the time of the game wasn't um the one of signal them and uh one, one's called the signal and i can't remember the other one. Oh, it was um alan flake american nightmare or something like that oh yeah i have no, that's, that was a, just that's a, a standalone game, game. It's a standalone that's a different game, game. is it yeah yeah Yes, I have it on. It's the, kind of like uh, a, it's a kind of like a more campy, different oh. genre game. I didn't yeah. know. That. Yeah, it's not a it's, sequel. Is it's it a more full version orientated? Game? Ooh, yeah, it's you like a couple hours action. long. It's not worth. It's like four hours. Yeah, long. Yeah, much more ammo and stuff, Eric. You'd like it. He's got. You've got his interest. It's very shooty. I heard ammunition. Hank Fist is in. <laughs> um. But yeah, so it, his wife goes in the lake and uh, Tom gets excited and then um, <laughs> <laughs> and he wakes up behind the wheel and he, he 
at this point, doesn't he go? Um, I can't worry. He wonders. Too he wants to. He, he, he's, he's crashed, and he he needs to get to the gas station to call for help. And he gets there, and he starts getting attacked by the the beings from his nightmare that he had at the very beginning. Yeah, along which the way, is he kind does. Kind of weird. The taken. Yeah. Oh, the, the taken. I love. Which, I absolutely love some of the uh, the lines from the taken as they come popping what out. What is that? What is that about? Oh, it's so funny. I mean, it it, it was kind of <laughs> stupid, but every so often they would say something. I'd be like. Okay, that that was funny, but it, it was just these crazy people that that you know they were basically shadows. But a couple omega of three acids are good for your heart. <laughs> if you fail to arrive, you lose the deposit, and then they'd come running oh, after yeah. you. Then the policeman would I'm come and you. You have the here. right to remain silent. Kind of, it's just so strange. <laughs> you can learn about nature and yourself. So to get rid of these guys, basically, um, Alan Strawberry Milkshake had to shine his flashlight on them. And he, so you have to shine the flashlight on them for quite a substantial period of time. And doing this then renders them vulnerable to the guns that you get throughout the game. So you get like a revolver and a shotgun and a flare gun. Well, which I did like that mechanic of, uh, of this because everything revolved around light. And yes, you yeah. did have a flashlight, but you could aim with your flashlight, which is how you'd also aim your gun. So you'd have to be burning batteries for your flashlight. To Sponsored by Energizer. Oh, man. Yes. So much product placement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and God. also, why? how has he got a magical battery which somehow recharges itself? No, he swaps the them out. Yeah, but if, no, you let, if you just let it sit, it recharges on its own. Yeah. Oh. It's like, Maybe it's solar like powered. Alan, Alan Snake has got the um, cause of... Every renewable energy for the entire world there he's just in maybe his it's light. one of those maybe it's one of those that you just shake like this yeah yeah a shake weight isn't that a flashlight yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh flashlight powered flashlight <laughs> I don't think yeah but I the whole thing of, the whole thing me. of light and darkness throughout is really cool like sometimes if you go off the the wrong path and stuff it starts to get darker and then they take and start showing up which i thought was quite cool yes what is and i like that in games like and alan cupcake does it really well where it uses light to guide you guide your way and find it because it's it's, you can easily get a bit lost and but it encourages going slightly off the beaten path and like finding darker areas because you could did you guys notice that sometimes you can shine your torch on uh rocks and it would give you like a, a yellow arrow that would take you to like a chest yes with nothing with nothing useful in it uh, you'd get hey, flares. Get what? You get fl- what? Flashbangs? Yeah, the flashbangs yeah, were was... alright, but I always had loads of them anyway, so... Dude, I was hawking those things like they, they got were going me out of style. Also, why, so many why do you get a flare gun, right? But you can pick up flares, which you can't use in your flare gun. Because it's a different kind of flare, Daniel. <laughs> that shouldn't be. <laughs> a flare where it's like a stick that you snap off. Is very different to the type of flare that would be the ammunition for a flare gun. Mike, did you use Or if the you flash? dress really fancy, that's a lot of flare too. That's not that type either. Um, did you Bye, use Dan. the flashbangs a lot, Mike? Hi, Dan. Oh, I use the mukbang lo- loads. I only used them when I was against the really powerful enemies and I was getting overwhelmed. Oh, the big lads. Uh, yeah. It was so the guys good. with the chainsaws or the huge axes. Yeah. But yeah, the worst. Like, but like you, you can throughout the chapters get better torches. 
Yeah. And what I want to know is, why the fuck in between episodes and stuff did you lose all of your equipment? Oh, like, this sometimes did my make head sense. in. I was like, this sometimes there was Alan intake. Why do you keep losing your torch? It's doing my head in. Honestly, no, no, no. So no, no, no. Alan Jake would get in some sort of situation all the time where it would. I, I never saw an issue with that. It functionally explained away. Like one time he got thrown in jail and, and his stuff taken or he got into uh, he f- he fell off of a cliff or something and all of his shit sunk. Uh, no, there were some situations, though, where like yeah. it was in between the episodes and you'd get like, oh, previously on Alan, for fuck's sake. And th- <laughs> he wouldn't have anything where he would lose his equipment. Like, I'm sure it, it might not have even been between episodes, but there's one point where he was on a helicopter and... He he was just on the helicopter, then jumped off, and he just still didn't have his equipment with him. Did not think, oh, listen, yeah, I better take my listen, torch and my gun. Listen, Alan no. Uptake is a writer. He ain't some sort of inventory management specialist. Listen, he Eric, knows how to work this, a typewriter, not a backpack. This is why it bothers. This is why it really bothers myself and probably Mike. It's because we were very conservative with ammo and resources, hoping that they would carry over. Fuck, no, not me. I got to the end every chapter fully empty. (laughs) You'd you'd think, right, like, after a while, after being attacked constantly by these Taken every time you're in the dark, that Alan Sharmel Sheikh would think, I will keep my gun, and I will keep my flashlight, and I will keep them to fight these enemies who keep appearing constantly. It makes no sense. I don't know. I I never had an issue with that. But no, like what Tom said before, though, the the enemies, um, everything is light based. You have your flashlight, you shine them. They will uh, they have this invisible stamina gauge of the they can shield themselves from the light for so long. But eventually you can break that shield and that's when they're vulnerable to being shot. And then um, if, if you hit them in the head, they disappear. Mm-hmm. The uh, interesting thing about the way the game's enemies were designed, they were the concept art was like drawn up and then they poured water over them to make them feel quote just a bit off hmm. slash <laughs> ruined cool thing <laughs> that's kind of cool but that is essentially the gameplay loop for this entire game huge plot dump and then you have a long dark section where you have to fight a bunch of taken and then you'll usually get to a couple street lights throughout that act as your checkpoints and then you'll have to get to a door that you need to open but then you have to go start a generator to open that door. But while you're doing that, you get attacked by more, and then you make it through the door to a little mini plot dump, rinse, repeat, end of chapter. Yeah. See, this is where me and you disagree again, Eric, because you you, you found this... Like, the gameplay loop is repetitive. I will not deny that. And I will admit, when I got to the last chapter, I got that thing that I get quite a bit with games where... I know I'm in the end, you know, I'm on the end bit and I I just kind of want to get it done. So the end bit did feel particularly long. But for me, the storyline kept me hooked enough. Whereas with you falling off, like you said, it, it this is where the... See, very, I was really engaged in it until I started having to fight a possessed bridge. <laughs> <laughs> this is about where it lost me. It was episode three where it lost me because that episode was so long for no reason and it was just constantly walking through this forest trying to get to this mountain should have held yeah. L- lb he yeah but he there. don't run too no, well I, I changed my run to x because lb's stupid alan sweepstake ain't a marathon runner <laughs> you changed it to x what were you playing this on 
Good God. It's Xbox. Oh, it's an alter, alternate control scheme. Ah, sorry. Yeah, mm. got it. Maybe that's why you lost interest in the game. I was going to say, when you say X, I think of Xbox, because when I think of PlayStation, I think because cross. Yeah, because he's not a marathon. Cause, you do not. Because um, Alan Pattycake is not a runner. He can only run for a certain amount of time before he gets out of puff and <laughs> yeah, but slows think down. think about the stamina and the dexterity in his fingertips. That's why he can pull the, fin- the, pull the trigger so much. <laughs> Might have carpal tunnel from all that writing, though. That's all right. Good point. Alan Same. Handshake don't care. Well, he doesn't do any writing because he's got writer's block. That's true. He hasn't written a book in two years. That's true. But I love his agent. His agent was the comic relief that this game needed. Oh, Barry? Barry. Love Barry. Al. Barry. What was his accent? There were times where he sounded like New Robin York Williams as the genie from Aladdin. Like a, like yeah. New York, New York kind of style. Yeah. He's a guy who he loves to make New things York happen. Uh. But why? Why love the, part of the comedy earlier on is for some reason he's obsessed with bringing that cutout of Alan around. <laughs> <laughs> like every time, like, so there's a few, quite a few points where like you end up getting split up from Barry, and the, there's one point where he, he actually has a car crash. Like the the car goes off like a cliff, and Alan manages to jump out, and they end up like shouting to each other off this cliff, and they end up meeting up at this barn further down the road. <laughs> Barry's like, oh, don't worry, I got it, I kept it safe. <laughs> yeah, that's Alan's all. just like, oh, great, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, um, what, one of the bits I find dumb. So I, I think Dan brought this up as well. Is the bit where you go and meet Rose. So Alan ends up getting, um, he ends up getting a phone call and stuff to basically to be told that his wife has actually been kidnapped. You know, even though he saw her fall into a lake, he suddenly, you know, gets these phone calls that she's kidnapped. And the kidnapper says, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you her back if you give me the manuscript. Um, and they end up getting more information. I can't remember the exact details, but they go and see Rose, the girl from the diner at the beginning, who's obviously a big fan of his. And she's been obviously possessed by this dark presence. So badly. And they don't even fucking notice. Well, yeah, because they go into the diner she, at first, and she's super, super bubbly. And then they get into her her cabin, and she's like, "Hello, Mister Daybreak." Yeah, because at the beginning she's like, seat. "Oh my god, Alan Cheapskate! I can't believe it's you!" And, and she, she, yeah, like Eric said, just a fucking robot. And then they take something to drink from her. Uh, as you would. You clearly are going to murder me. Never, never do that. Never accept drinks from strangers. Especially if they talk like a robot. Because <laughs> if they are a robot, you do not know where their drink dispense port is. Oh, I know where I hope it penis. is. <laughs> Especially don't take a brownie off them. <laughs> don't care how delicious it looks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they end up getting drugged. Yes. And... They end up waking up, and there's this FBI agent that starts getting involved, Nightingale. Oh man! And one of the oh, trigger McPoly. Right, this dude is like really annoying to begin with, but he. <laughs> I laugh is every single time he talks to Alan, he just says a different author. Oh, it's so. Fun. And it just starts getting really, really, really fucking ridiculous. I can't give like, I can't think of an example. You're coming with me, Mister Hemingway. 
Yeah, like it, they don't even roll off the tongue, which is the bit that makes me laugh. Yeah, it seems it, so it was forced. so cringy. It was awful. Everybody Classic. knows that his name is Alan Radiopake. That is his name. Is what? Just Alan, Alan Radiopake. That is his name. Just stick with it. There's no need yeah. to call him all these different authors. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that was just such a. But he even did it in during action when he was like trying to shoot him. He he didn't use this name, but it, like this is how ridiculous it would get. Where like he'd be shooting at him, be like, "Oh, you can't get away from me, J.K. Rowling." <laughs> oh, he, oh yeah, come back here, H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> hey, Dan Brown, get out here. Yeah, that's one. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, I did think that was. I did think that was bad. But he's never really explained either. He's just there. <laughs> Well, his thing, he was, a, he was originally going to be a playable character and they were going to kind of switch between him and oh Alan God. and you'd kind of see his side of it um, because, you know, when we get to the ending, like it's hinted at that he, he's an important factor at the end. Um, Is he though? And it would have been nice to get more information about him. I mean, there's one point you, where yeah. you go to his motel room and, and find his obsession with Alan Wake and stuff and they have, um, there is like uh, a fictional uh, Alan Bake files that you can find that's done by a fictional author and he um and that talks about like how Nightingale had um nightmares himself about Alan and felt compelled to come to the the village and everything uh the, the town and he mm. um he has this obsession with him and he's actually been disgraced and isn't actually with the FBI anymore so he's not even an actual FBI oh. agent hmm. um, that's why he's an alcoholic it's uh, one of the things that happens, I think it was in episode three, uh, when like the all the, the environment starts to come alive and you have to start having to shine your flashlight aggressively on girders and barrels and frigging combine harvesters. Um, at one point, uh, he says something like, all these inanimate objects started coming to life, like something out of a Stephen King novel. And Kat was watching the game with me and she's read pretty much every Stephen King book and says there's no book where Stephen King writes about inanimate objects coming to life. Apart, so, from, across the, apart from across the dark tower when there's a train which comes to life. Uh, yes. Oh, look at you, maybe Mr. That's, maybe that's the one. Mm. Is that well, when I mean, you had this, to fight the train? Where's Lady Catherine it's... isn't as versed as she thinks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that. There are, uh, this game does wear its influences on its sleeve for sure. Yeah. Um, it's, especially Twin Peaks. It has so many like Twin Peaks references and, oh, and, God, yeah. it and stuff like that. Um, like the, the entire the entire town of Bright Falls is essentially just Twin Peaks. Yeah, it um, also... Like the, the Odea Diner is a reference to the Double R Diner in Twin Peaks, which is essentially identical as well. Yes. Um, like the Cauldron Lake Lodge is very similar to the Great Northern Hotel in Twin Peaks. It's just fucking ridiculous things like this. It takes some of the music from... And the, and the like atmosphere from the movie Blue Velvet, which is another David Lynch creation. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it it it, take, it picks up on a lot of literary and movie and TV references. It's it's I, I, this is the thing. Like Sam Lake, who wrote this game, and he wrote he, he's the writer behind all the others: Max Payne, Quantum Break, Control. He's kind of like uh, 
people consider him to be like the Kojima of Europe. Like he's just, he's very into his own work and he's a, he kind of puts his stamp on everything he does. And uh, sometimes, sometimes uh, creators can kind of suffer for that where their influence is almost too strong on the game. And so maybe they're not reined in by people around them or they forget to do something else that's important to making a game a fully fledged game uh, where uh, they focus too much on concept and not enough on on execution. Um, I think David Cage... That kind of goes back to what I said about how they... I think that Sam Lake thought his idea was much more clever than it is. Yes, yes. And I think you're right. I I, I think... I I watched an interview with him and he said it's his... At the time, and this is when he was doing promos for Quantum Break, he said that Alan Break was his uh, favourite... The game he was most uh, proud of at the the time. How did this game do when it first came out? How was it received? Uh, really, yeah, like really well, I think. Yeah, like it got got good good reviews. Best um, graphics of the year, best sound effects of the year, best Xbox 360 horror game. Won all those awards. Yeah, IGN, so. it did really well. Uh, I think it did better critically than it did commercially because the you know there's no no one's heard of yeah Alan Bad Pancake before. And then it's re- Sam Lake is actually in the game at one point as well. He pops up. There's these kind of live action scenes in it as well, which pop up. Yes. So there's They're different a big fan t- of those. Different I, TVs I, where like Alan can see himself played by I I assume the actor he's based on. Yeah. I like that you guys played uh, Quantum Break, but every time you finish a chapter in Quantum Break, it then plays like a 20 minute TV episode. Yeah. Really? Do like, my head in. Real actors and like it's a fully produced show. And then oh. it will move on to the next episode. I really liked it? the Night Springs episodes that you'd stumble upon. Like the very first one where they were talking about the quantum immortality machine that the that, that professor made. Um, they were like uh, little yeah. mini Twilight Zone episodes. But they, that first one, this this guy was giving up and giving a lecture about this machine he made um, that, that provided him with quantum immortality. And he's like, this here's a handgun and it's got bullets in it. And no matter what, oh, I cannot yeah. kill myself with this gun. And he puts the gun to his head and pulls the trigger and everyone's like well how do we know that that's really real and, and then he points it at a, po- a potted plant and he shoots it but at the same time somebody sits down and trips over the cord that has it plugged in and he tries to get the guy's attention and he's so into his own head about the fact that he created this machine that that is going to prevent him from dying based on this handgun he's like mm-hmm. I, sh- should this be plugged in and the guy's like but see look this gun can't kill me and then he puts it to his head and pulls the trigger and blows his brains yeah. out yeah those little episodes are great you know on the bit where they're doing the interview with sam lake and alan wake is there as well and like that bit apparently he put sam lake pulls a weird face and i had no idea what it's about but it's apparently because in max Payne they use sam lake's face for max Payne. yeah so he he was was doing the face that max Payne had that was during that that really cringy late night show that they created at the end wasn't it yes Yes. God, that was fucking awful. But uh uh yeah, they were that Max Payne was really low budget, so they used like friends and family and obviously Sam Lake as the actor. They put Sam Lake in all the cutscenes. He's the that's why Max is a bit kind of just not your typical protagonist in terms of look of an of like a hero, but I guess also he's not really supposed to be, but 
Um, not to go off a tangent too much, but yeah, it's, it's definitely... It's so, uh, it's so weird to think they've just basically pasted Sam Lake's face yes. on a character model there and just yes. cracked on. Because I've always thought it looked weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But you guys mentioned the, um, you know, Max seeing himself in the... Um, in the TVs and stuff. Max, did I say Max? I'm an Alan say saying Max. himself. Yeah. Um, and he starts to wonder at what point did that happen? Because he's seeing himself stuck in this room writing uh, something. And these manuscripts that he's picking up that we mentioned before are clearly written by himself and he doesn't remember writing these at all. So that adds like kind of the mystery of what's actually well, we forgot going on to, and trying to figure out. We forgot to mention though that he, he loses a week of time between the time that he dives into the water after his wife and the time he wakes up behind the wheel of the car, crashed car. So that's presumably when he did all that writing. Yeah, but he doesn't know that. He's, no. he's, he's just not sure. Um, but he, it, the, the really, really interesting episode that I, I've really enjoyed... I think it was episode four. Is at the point when he wakes up in the uh, the doctor's place. Yeah. So there's the the um, is that Hartman the guy's name? Yeah. Yep. The same guy from Death Stranding. Um, <laughs> but he he runs like a, a um, it's not kind of a mental institution. It's more of like a, a, a therapy retreat, a retreat for retreat. struggling yeah. artists. Yeah, therapy retreat. And you wake up in that, and he is convincing Alan that he the entire thing because his, his alan's wife to just go back you know she mentioned that this guy was here and she'd read his books and stuff like that and how he helped artists struggling and stuff like that so she mentioned that she'd made an appointment with him anyway while they were there and there's another thing that alan was angry about but he you end up waking up and and hartman starts convincing alan that he keeps regressing and he thinks these things are happening and they're actually not and he's been in this retreat for 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 some time and every single time he comes out of these sort of mini comas i think he says um he he gets harder and harder to convince that it's all in his head and it makes you as a player actually second guess like is this reality isn't mm. it mm. it's very and kojima isn't, isn't it at that point yes yes for sure and that that was i'm glad that episode happened when it did because we've mentioned before that episode three did feel very long and i will admit at that point, I was kind of a bit like, Ugh, you know, I hope the other episodes aren't as long as this. And when I got into chapter episode four and all this was happening, it really, really piqued my interest again because you ended up meeting like characters from around the town that you'd kind of met before. Like there's the two old boys who used to be in a rock band, Odin and Tor, who uh, named yeah. themselves after Vikings and stuff. Um, and, you know, they end up hinting towards him that everything is real and, and that um, there's something at their old barn, their old farm that um, he that will lead him to the answers and everything like that because they've gone a bit crazy from drug use and stuff like that over the years. And you end up find, you eventually end up finding out that Hartman is lying and the darkness attacks and everything like that. And Hartman is actually kind of involved with the presence, the dark presence. Because I think it's just before this you find out that the kidnapper never had Alice all along. Isn't it? Yeah. And it's the dark presence using, is it Mott the kidnapper? That was his name originally. He just collapses um, at the pier and is like, uh, yeah, he gets taken by yeah. the darkness. We don't, we don't really have her. Well, we didn't mention either that um, when Alan gets back into into town and tells everybody, hey, we were out at the uh, the cabin on Cauldron Lake. Everyone's like, well, that cabin hasn't been there for years. It got swallowed up by the volcanic eruption of, of the lake in whatever year it was, but... Um, so clearly there was something nefarious with that cabin and that lady that gave him the keys. 
Mm. Yeah. You can... Like, I was going to say, there's certain elements of this game which don't make sense because I think it's because of the switch between the open world and the linearity and stuff. But one of the such things is apparently that during the development of this, apparently they originally wanted, as well as the shadow people, to have shadow animals in it as enemies. Well, they had the ravens and fuck those things. Had the ravens, but of course, there's one section in particular, I think it's episode two or three, where you go to a cabin and there's a skeleton of a woolly mammoth. Mm. and it originally it, it was probably planned for that to come alive because at one point it makes a massive hole in the side of the building which looks like the size of the woolly mammoth but it doesn't actually mm. nothing happens with it and the mammoth skeleton is gone at that point so that's kind of like an oh. unfinished bit oh nice I didn't know that Interesting. so if they ever no, do if they ever make Alan remake maybe they can put that back in <laughs> Um, but yeah, you end up seeing a flashback at one point. I think it's just before he wakes up at Hartman's where you're back in your New York apartment and um, Alan comes up with this thing because the lights go out, the power goes out and Alice is scared of the dark and he, he comes up with this thing to to help Alice with the dark and it's revealed that he used to have issues with it and his mum kind of came up with this thing when he was younger, this old kind of unattached light switch um, that he called the clicker and he gives it to her as a gift and said, you know, whenever there was click the darkness, I used to click this. Yeah, click I used to click this and it used to make me feel better and he gives that to her, which ends up being a device later on. Um, and eventually you find out that, you know, further on from this, you eventually find out that the lake has some sort of magical powers that, that somehow any work of fiction comes to life and there's been weird things happening in the, the town for, for years and years and years. And you end up finding out that there was a, another writer called Thomas Zane who used to be a poet who moved there with his um, his wife or girlfriend who was known as his, who he saw as his muse um, called Barbara Jagger, I believe her name is. Hmm. And she I ends up... the moves like Jagger. Fellow Rolling Stone. Uh, moves like Stagger. <laughs> and she ends up dying as she falls in the lake, isn't it? And he ends up discovering the... And, and Hartman was actually his editor as well. And he uses the power of the lake to bring her back to life, which should never have been, you know, to write her back into real life. And she actually turns dark and actually is this evil presence that he, that the dark presence has taken the form of, and that's who the old lady is. And he ends up actually killing himself and the dark presence is still there. Is it he kills himself, isn't it? Oh, no, he no, kills he, he her writes, again. No, he, he writes them both out of existence. That's, that's what he it. does. Yeah. And he goes, and then he's you know, kind of Mike, that, that old chestnut, as you do. Yeah. <laughs> like he couldn't have just wrought her out of existence and went on living. But what he what he actually he did, he wrote a uh, insurance policy into it where he wrote this shoebox, and anything that's in the shoebox is kind kind of safe. And you eventually, as Alan, end up finding the shoebox, and it's in. Well, he end up finding finding the lady with the light weaver who knows about the insurance and she's kept it safe in this well-lit room that you, you end up finding and inside the shoebox is the clicker and Alan realizes he needs to use that to defeat the dark presence. And that's when you have that really fucking long drive in episode six, all the way back to the fucking lake. Yeah. I flipped my car pretty much immediately on that one too. <laughs> that's a good job. How, all those cars were there. How oh. is that woman living in the power plant and nobody's noticed? They do know. Cause the, Sheriff knows that she She's lives keeping there. keeping the lights on. Speaking of the fucking sheriff, right. That emergency helicopter. How the fuck do you get to that in a fucking emergency? Yeah. You have to go across town from the police <laughs> station to town hall 
to get the keys off the mayor to then leave the town hall to go across the town even further to get to the helicopter. Through the crypt of the church. (laughs) (laughs) And also, why do they keep flying the helicopter when they've been repeatedly attacked by birds which could easily down the (laughs) helicopter? Why don't they just land the helicopter? (laughs) Look, you're talking too much sense. Yeah, come on now. But one of my favorite bits was uh, with the manuscripts was the bit where Nightingale gets taken away because just before it, he realizes that he's repeating a scene that he's read. And oh, then yeah. moments later, you find that manuscript and it like... Perfectly <laughs> the mimics that scene. kind of goes like several like levels deep where it's like he remembers reading what he's doing and remembers reading that he read this and this is happening. <laughs> yeah, it's like... It, it's really interesting throughout as well, like the dark presence. It's constrained by the, the story that Alan has already written, so it will attack Alan, but it can't actually do anything to him because of the way that Alan has written the story, even though the, the dark presence is in control of Alan and could make him write whatever he want they want. Yeah, well, so well you end up finding out that him getting out is... He managed to write that in without the dark presence realising him managing to escape, and that's when he went out in the car and then obviously did crashed he, the did car. Did he flash her a tit or something and distract her? Maybe. I'll tell you what I really like about Alan Mandrake is his obsession with coffee. Oh, buddy. Oh, the coffee. I love yeah, the coffee collectors. Collectible. Where is he storing all of those thermoses? <laughs> He's just drinking him straight away. Rocket fuel, buddy. It's a it's a mild spoiler for control. So if you don't want to know, stop listening. Yeah, tell me. But uh, control establishes these things called objects of power, which are basically mundane objects which somehow have bizarre effects. And in a a piece, a collectible in control, it establishes that the thermoses found in Alan Drake are in fact these objects of power and they are placed there to essentially just give make the perfect coffee at any point. So they just kind of appear from nowhere that they're these inexplicable items, but it is explained in control. Damn. But that's why they're there. Spoilers. I knew. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I actually felt like I was playing as one Eric Peterson at the beginning of episode two when you have to go and turn the coffee maker on. Great, wasn't it? <laughs> but he didn't pour it on his foot, so uh, you don't pour the coffee on your foot. You drop the scalding grounds on your foot. <laughs> it, it was also the morning as well, so yeah, yeah. nine o'clock oh. in the evening. True. I mean, I finished off that pot at about twelve fifteen, so it was still technically morning in some fashion. Fucking hell! Yeah, I got That's a theory. Not, not only do you get decades wrong, but you get times of day I wrong hear as this well. Theory, Tom. Why do you think I'm struggling with sleep? Um. The coffee, because I know I know that you don't drink decaf, so the stuff you're drinking is actually caffeinated. Listen so here. When you try and go to bed afterwards, listen. You decaf is for the weak. I get it, but you're not sleeping. It's for so, the weak. Yeah, I think I think playing Guys. a game like Call of Duty Warzone before you go to bed, which requires a lot of concentration and is pretty <laughs> relentless, is probably not a good idea either. No, it's not, actually. <laughs> Listen, if a game don't have shooting and bullets and death, ain't worth playing. <laughs> right. Which hey, is that's, why. Every, that's everything Alan Brake had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was missing a story. Hey, Alan Rattlesnake was the story. <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of annoys me at the end because you can tell it's clearly going to be done in the DLC. There's more to it. 
Which mm. well, I, I read up what the DLC does, and it doesn't really add much. So more, I have honest. a question. Well, it, it does because at one point the random spaceman who doesn't make any sense shows up and <laughs> no, that's, has that's has, has another ver- has sense. another version of Alan Wake standing next to you and goes, "Oh, that's just Mister Scratch. He'll be important later or something to that yeah, effect." Yeah, that's who you're playing as in um, American Nightmare. What? But the DLC, the actual DLC packs for um, Alan Exhaust Break was um, it, it, it's him stuck in the um, lake and it's kind of like a nightmare and he's trying to wake up from it and stuff and it doesn't really add very much. But yeah, Mr. Scratch is the guy you play as in American Nightmare because in American Nightmare I read up a little bit. Um, you're almost like an evil version of Alan and that's what that is. So I have a, so, I have a question about the, the ending of Alan Namesake. Um, first of all, are there different endings? No. no. Okay. I thought there may have been different endings because at the end you you show up, you, you have to get back to the cabin, and as you get there, you you pick up a flashlight, and there are floating words that you can shine on. And I, I, I thought maybe, depending on which order you, you shined on them, uh, it would give you some sort of different ending. But um, no. when you get to the end, you discover that Alice just casually swims back up to the surface and climbs up on the dock. So could Alan have just gone to the dock and waited? No. So the thing is, the entire thing, because um, I didn't Tim Fall hat it, don't worry, um, but I looked into, you know, a, a lot of the ending is open to interpretation. Okay. And- um, I would have quite I, liked I an Alan Undertake tinfoil hat, actually, Mike, this week. <laughs> that would have been quite good. Um, a big, like, coffee thermos. <laughs> yes. a we um, demand a different tinfoil hat for every episode mike <laughs> you have to ask hazel she listens to this so uh she'll know now hazel well, when it gets released get on it <laughs> um so a lot of it's open to interpretation so the um the general gist that most people seem to think um obviously this is just going off the internet and stuff um is that thomas zane is actually actually wrote Alan into existence. His entire life was written by Thomas Zane. Uh, his entire life leading up to the fact that he Alan was supposed to come and defeat the Dark Presence. Um, obviously, Thomas Zane... I, I might mess some of this up, by the way, but, um, you know, Thomas Zane wrote him and Barbara out of existence, which didn't work because the Dark Presence used Barbara's skin as, as a life form, essentially. And what Alan Wake basically did at the end was he sort of sacrificed himself into the darkness um but why for alice (laughs) because i think he realizes that there must be some balance to it because if the the other thing as well that i mentioned about nightingale earlier if you watch the ending nightingale is stood behind rose as a dark figure Mm. and also rose is stood there holding a lantern in the middle of the daytime so it's like it's like alan has written these things to carry on to try and hopefully i guess Sequel. defeat the dark presence later on yeah um but like i said thomas zane wrote alan into existence alan's entire life was leading towards this you know he he made him uh a bit of a because it mentions that he's a bit of an alcoholic and his him and his wife's relationship is strained um mm. you know things that would lead towards sort of a writer's block that would lead them to going there because I think at one point it mentions about how the dark presence when you're writing will notice if you're specifically leaving plot holes and you can't have them because the dark presence will notice. Oh, so this game's end, full of them. 
Yeah. <laughs> but that is where the Dark Presence, you know, he ends up taking the Dark Presence down to the lake with him, but he traps himself down there for Alice. Well done, Mal. Whether it makes sense or not, I don't know, but yeah. Six strong six out of ten there. So it's essentially a story. You're playing a story being written by Alan, which was written by Thomas Zane. Which you have to alter by writing. Yes. Yeah. Makes, it makes sense. Like it. Alan Crape is one meta game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the typewriter is also an object of power from control. So that's why it has these abilities to influence life through the story. Spoilers. So there's like, for example, an object of power in control is a fridge, which if you don't look at it, goes on a murderous rampage. So they all do different things. What? Yeah. I need to play this. Yeah. It, it yeah basically, gonna... there's there's a there's a collectible in control where, you, like, this guard says he was killed because he, he was basically contracted and he has to sit in a room staring at this fridge without being able to blink or anything. Otherwise, it goes on a murderous rampage. Some, somebody always needs to look at the fridge. Jesus. It's so good. I think I need to play Control after playing this. I have yeah. it. It's in a box in the storage shed. You do. It's really interesting, actually, because obviously I played Control before I played Alan Wake. So knowing the things I do know about Control, it's interesting to go back and understand how they all interlink. So I think you would, you'd think you would have enjoyed this one a little bit more. I, but again, it's the gameplay loop that lost me because it's it's I think unnecessarily had... long. If it was shorter, then I think it would be all right. Like chapter three, for example, was just so long. That had to have been three and a half hours long. Yeah, minimum. It's just you know I I, I agree that, with that. That, that was I the think... day you were all mocking me for playing it for about five hours and getting up to episode four in one day. But it's because I decided right the episodes are quite short. So I'm going to get to the end of episode three, then stop. And before I knew it, like three hours had passed. I think you're right. I probably would have enjoyed this a little bit more, but the the plot dumps were pretty far apart. So you kind of lose the intricacies and the details that are, mm. are kind of required to thoroughly understand what's going on. So I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more had they eliminated a number of sections from each chapter. Do you guys notice there was one, I think it was either chapter four or five, there's one scene where Alan jumps off a cliff and it had the worst animation. Oh, yeah. And he like kind of he jumps up in like a and then wide he does pose. this hand thing. Yeah, oh, I, was yes. like, I was like, what happened there? <laughs> I remember watching that last night too. And that was weird. Yeah. What did you guys think about the um, section where you were on stage? That was quite cool. That was pretty. Oh, that was fun. the best bit. <laughs> yeah. That was. That fun. was an episode four, wasn't it? Yeah, so you so, basically yeah. end up at this farmhouse where these um, rockers that you met earlier live and they have this stage set up and you get attacked by all the taken there, but you can use like different elements of the stage to like fire off lights and attack them and stuff. It's it's quite cool. But it's Barry's back there playing the DJ time. and just shredding music. It was a good time. Tom, have you got to the bit <laughs> on control yet where you go into like a place that you can't access until later? Um... Mm, Sounds I'm not specific. Sure. You can go there earlier, but you can't get anywhere. And then is this kind the motel? Of... No, I think it's. I can't remember what it's called, but that's kind of apparently in that section. It uses the track of the old gods as well. You know, ah, um, interesting. Which I thought was epic at the time, but I didn't again know that it was from Alan. From Alan White. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, are you I... guys um, aware of what happens if you play a pirated copy of this game? 
No. Oh, I remember hearing so about if you this. Play, if happens? you play a pirated copy of this game, Alan is uh, wearing a, an eye patch with skull and crossbones on. <gasps> and, you know, the tips that you get in between like loading screens and stuff, it basically just, the tip is to buy the real game. Can you play Pretty the full end. version of it? Pirated? Yeah, but it, it doesn't affect the gameplay in other, any other way apart from that. Brilliant. Oh. Nah, it's not really a deterrent, is it? It, but you can't really deter anyway. If you, you can always find a way. I just love the little things like that. I remember uh, playing a pirated version of Chrono Trigger, and when you first go into the uh, time warp bit, if you're playing on a pirated version, that it never ends. It just ends. It's on a complete loop. Oh yeah. It never loads you to the next screen. Just keeps going and going. <laughs> Uh, also, a live-action web series was called called Bright Falls was made to promote uh, the game before it's released. Uh, it features many of the characters and locations that are in the game. Um, it is about a man being turned into a Taken. Hmm. Huh. Weird. Sorry, yeah. Tom. Did I interrupt you then? I didn't. No, mean to. no, you didn't. You didn't. Ah, okay. So <laughs> <All> good. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Nathan Fillion was interested in being Alan Wake at one point. He would have been a great one. Uh, I don't know if you remember the. Do you remember the guy who was um, called Emerson that was in the doctor's office, mm. uh, who like, like who designs video games. Oh Do you yeah, remember that the crazy like guy. Yeah, he goes on about oh, yeah. a thing that he's adding to his game called Mullet Time, which is just a play on Bullet Time from Max oh, Payne. Oh yeah, yeah, I get yeah. It. There's so many. I like of that these Hartman features. has a dig at video games creators there as well. Like obviously the creators of a game put in a guy <laughs> yeah. digging it. Like how how it's an awful art form. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, another little fact I have here as well: the Anderson brothers, which is the Rockers, uh, they mentioned that they had something stolen from them by the witch ba- Baba Yaga. Uh, the antagonist's name antagonist's name is Barbara Jagger, which has some phonetic similarity to the character to the to baby uh, to Baba Yaga, which is from Russian folklore. She also provi- in the Russian folklore, she also provides keys to a cabin called uh sorry, I'll read this again. Sorry. The Barbara Jagger provides the keys to the cabin called Bird Le- Bird Leg Cabin, and Baba Yaga is known in folklore to travel in a cabin attached to a bird's leg. Oh. Did you guys listen to the little radio clips when you when you had a chance to? Little radio I started shows? to, but some of them got pretty long. Yeah, I missed yeah. one. I, 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 I put it on and then left in disgust. Oh. What did you say, Dan? You left in disgust. Yes, I, 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 I got, t- I got time to listen to that. Yeah, I hate, I hate audio things on games like that where you have to stand in place and listen to them because I inevitably end up wandering around just trying to distract myself from it. Oh, when you've only got an hour, you want to get moving, don't you? Yes, you do. <laughs> But no, I enjoyed this. It was okay. Yes, it yeah, was. Yes. I didn't. Oh, I didn't okay. dislike it in any way, but I just towards the end kind of felt like it had overstayed its welcome. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's one of the better games we played for a while. I yeah. thought that at the beginning. Yeah. I did. I did as well. I think I even said this on WhatsApp. Listen, mm. you did. It was better than Death Junior, which I played one hour of. I beat that whole game. I played about four hours of that, and that. Shite was rubbish. Beat the whole damn thing. And Gosh. then we scrapped it. <laughs> like Project Eden. Yes. 
that's that that makes up for that right dan <laughs> we're now even huh well, you need to pray a project even man <laughs> i don't need to and I'm, so, I'm not going to alan heartbreak gets a minor pip pip maybe it gets a eh, give it a shot what kind of shot Hmm. A little bit of bourbon. Ooh, nice. I like your style. Yeah. But who shoots bourbon? No. Yeah, true. The unclass. Make him a make him make him a nice uh, gin and tonic. A JT. The JT. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to some uh, questions? We don't have any emails, so let's just go to the Facebook questions. You can find us at facebook.com slash group slash factory sealed podcast. On the document, we got our first question here from Dalton Sutor. Sutor. So, when are you guys finally going to play Terranigma? Love you guys. Hope all is well after the break. Oh, question for Dan. Current opinion on P5 Royal. I'm thoroughly impressed by it. As am I. Very, very good. Well, as you know, I loved Persona 5 already, but this is even better. Uh, it's just kind of, they've ironed out some of the problems. I think I went over these last time. And yeah, it's just better. There was one section where there's one boss where I spent literally probably about half the day trying to beat it because it's so difficult. Are the days the in Het only two hours long? The what? Are the days in Het only two hours long? They are, yes. We spend one hour putting out fires and then the next... <laughs> Playing games. I do really want to play a Terranigma though. I do, too. Um, I do actually have a, a, a repro copy of it, so I could play it on a, a Super NES. Schneer. Isn't that all packed away, though? It is. <laughs> Lord knows when that shit's coming out again. Oh, don't we have a listener who's sending us some beer? If uh, Yeah, that was old scale Enly, but I don't I don't know what's happened to him. Well, I say send us. I wasn't on the show when he offered that, but I'm, so I'm hoping that extends to me. <laughs> I'm sure you'd get roped into it. If, Scale, if, if you're still alive. If not, you'll end up playing Terra Enigma and randomly a case of beer turns up on Jess's doorstep. Yeah. <laughs> I thought uh, you were Jess. He's no longer a Jess. Oh. Exactly. Uh, Stephanie, here's a tangentially related question. As a pure PlayStation Nintendo gamer with mild spending tendencies, what's your recommendation on the most efficient way to tap into the vast Xbox library of games? I've never owned a Microsoft console or played a single Xbox game in my life. My recommendation would be to do what I did and buy a cheap Xbox 360 Elite. Or... Or... Or or 360S. No, not a Or... Or the, you the could question buy, specifically or, says mild spending tendencies. Yes, you could. And if go, you really want to have a huge library of games, 360 and some of the original Xbox included, listen, it is way more efficient to buy a cheap 360. Listen, see what I would say, and I'm going to interrupt Eric because he keeps saying "listen" too many times. <laughs> what I would say is either do what Tom says, which is the 360. The downside you're going to have is you're going to find those secondhand, and you could you risk a red ring of death so you know if you do it do it cheaply just in case so you're not wasting your money but and i normally wouldn't ever recommend and getting getting a 1s like my my Uh opinion is if you're going to get an xbox one you may as well show the extra and get the x but if you're literally doing it for backwards compatibility i think it's worth picking up because they're pretty cheap brand new now as well getting an actual xbox one s um 
because then you can take advantage of the backwards compatibility, but then you can also take advantage of Game Pass for your modern games. But also a lot of the Xbox library that you want to touch is on Game Pass anyway. Things like Fable and Halo. Mm. Um, it's Our worth game of the week this week is co- is coming on later this month, which is annoying because we bought it <laughs> before it's come on. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they cycle through a lot of the Xbox exclusives and stuff like that on there. What I would argue with, what would help with this argument as well is I believe the 360 and the Xbox One have different backwards compatibility lists. I think the 360 is much more comprehensive, but maybe took, take a look at both lists. They're both on Xbox's website. You can see the full yep. lists. Yeah. For example, the, three six, are, if the if, 360 if, does not have time splitters future perfect, which is a travesty. <laughs> or So if the games that you are specifically want to play from the original Xbox aren't compatible on a 360 or a 1, then maybe look at the other one. But, you know, take all my advice with a grain of salt, but that is what I would say. Maybe if, if you want reliability, maybe look into the Xbox One S because um, then you can take advantage of something like Game Pass. Or Listen, as long can, as you get Perfect my- Dark Zero and cameo elements of power you're sorted well this is perfect dark zeros on uh, rare replay which is only on xbox one listen this is what you need to which do which is on game pass as well hang hold on hold on this is but what the thing i'm purposely with, interrupting with, with you with regards to reliability yes, that's why i said definitely if you're going to go 360 route get either the elite or the the glossy 360s one because those uh don't tend to red ring no, what you got to do is you got to go ahead and get yourself an original Xbox so you can play it all on OG hardware. And then you got to get a 360 so you can play all of that on OG hardware. And then you need to get the Xbox One X because tell you what, Tom, I found you a killer deal on it and you didn't pull the trigger. It was Why would I than... buy a, a One X in So you could play games with me for $500 or it was 260 it was. American Eagle Beaks that's all it was it was like 320 moose deal. bucks it's it's a good deal but it's a good deal if you don't own a modern console you know already. what you say when you see a deal it's a steal <laughs> do they? I'll, I'll add that to the Peterson Proverbs list <laughs> that's I don't what know he says true. yeah uh, but no, I yeah, I agree with what Mike said. For once, I'll go with that. Hey, happened. Hesley. He, li- he liked Batman, and he agreed with me for once. <laughs> Hesley writes in, "Hey guys, two questions. Do you guys ever attended midnight launches for a game console? If so, any unforgettable memories from it? Number two, is there anything you wish you could do if you're not afraid or have the time? As for me, I wish I could scuba dive, but being alone underwater is scary enough. Number one, Uh, midnight launches. uh, Midnight launch, I've done one, and that was the launch of the PS4, and I queued up for two hours, and I didn't get one. Oh, wrecked. (laughs) Uh, wrecked. I I never attended one as a, a customer, but I worked at a store, so I did modern warfare 2 uh and something else but modern warfare 2 i remember really well because we had the the special helmet edition uh, oh yeah you got. Do you remember that one yeah the night vision goggles i think it was yep and it turned out yep. to be crap and uh we had queues like a ridiculous queue for that game when i worked at GameStop, died off we did. midnight launches now haven't they well they do they yeah. release them at like 9 p.m now so once the store technically closes they're like eh, here you go um but when I worked at GameStop, I did we did a bunch of them. The ones for the the Wii, I actually drove up to the Twin Cities to help launch it up there at um, uh, Mall of America, 
and then we did the PS3 midnight launch and then the Xbox 360 midnight launch, but Halo 3 and Final Fantasy 12 are the two that stick out. Halo 3, we had so many people that the line stretched all the way down the mall and then halfway back to our store again. We had um, we had tents set up in the middle and we had uh, army reserve people from the, the local army base come out and it it was this whole thing, but Final Fantasy fifteen or uh, uh, twelve. I remember I was working it with Ben, and I was really excited about it because I love Final Fantasy. So I brought in all these streamers, and like our the the gate in front of our store was down. So I I, I put a bunch of this paper tissue paper streamer across it, like a like a finishing line in a marathon that I wanted everybody <laughs> to run through. <laughs> so when midnight came, I threw the gate up and I start screaming, "Who wants Final Fantasy twelve? And Ben looks at me, he's like stop screaming and people just kind of like slowly walk through and just rip it and come in <laughs> just completely oh, no fanfare oh. whatsoever he and tried. there was like eight people well, you should have put the fanfare on shouldn't you when I, they came in look i tried i can only build up so much <laughs> hype but yeah. i've never seen a midnight um queuing midnight launch for uh, any games at all i've bought a ton at midnight um i remember going to walmart when Skyrim came out and I didn't have a copy pre-ordered but I went back to the gaming section and uh, they they specifically said they'd have it at midnight I go back there and there's this big spot where they clearly should have been and I asked the guy I'm like where's all your copies of Skyrim it's like I don't know let me go check we're supposed to have a full pallet of them he comes back out about five minutes later. he's like yep no idea where the pallet is guess we don't have any <laughs> how do you lose a pallet of games <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a midnight opening but like th- this is actually quite an embar- embarrassing tale so I've, I've spoken many times before about how like i didn't really do much gaming for for a few years and then i kind of got back into it with the ps3 i didn't follow any news site I, you know even outside of this time i didn't follow any news cycles or anything like that i didn't know what was big or anything uh, always as, as, as people know big fan of the resident evil series um i had played resident evil 5 on my ps3 and and resident evil you know it's okay resident evil 5 is all right it's not quite resident evil and then all the um all the trailers started coming out for resident evil 6 and i don't know if anyone remembers the trailers for resident evil 6 they made it look like it was a callback to the originals they only showed the bits from leon's campaign which is like zombies again and it was like a it looked like a mix between the the modern day stuff and the the current stuff and i was like oh yeah right this is gonna be big like me not following news cycles or anything like that oh yeah resident evil's gonna be big First time in year, well, for my first time ever was uh, going into a store and, and putting, you know, paying for a pre-order a copy aside. I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to get that. Went to the store at like 9am when it opened thinking, oh yeah, it's going to be really busy this. Like people picking up their copy of Resident Evil 6 and just wondered in, I have got a pre-order. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, here's your job That's the, wor- that's the <laughs> worst thought, when you've got a pre-order the, the, and you're just like, there's so many copies out and you could just go and give them it. <laughs> <laughs> looking around, like being being naive about how the gaming world was at, the, at, at that time. And I was just looking around like, oh, quiet here, isn't it? Thought there'd be more people. And the guy was just looking at me like, why? Why would you think there'd be more people? It's fucking 9 a.m. on a Friday morning and Resident Evil 6 is out. <laughs> <laughs> I randomly went to a Harry Potter midnight launch. A friend oh, of mine oh like God. really wanted to go to... I, I've never read any of the Harry Potter books, but a friend of mine, I, I don't know, it might have been the last book, um, really, really wanted someone to go to the midnight opening of a bookstore to pick it up. I was like, oh, Could I'll you imagine going you to a midnight launch of a book and then going home and reading it right away? What a waste of time. Yeah, just some fall people asleep. do that. Oh, yeah. God. I, re- I actually read the last Harry Potter book in a day. No. Was that like I, I, 900 pages? No. Yep. 
I got it when it came out. Honestly, my mum bought it for us. She got it, brought it back that morning. I sat and read it all day and finished it that evening. Someone else I know did that as well because they just didn't want to get any spoilers online. Yeah, just wanted to get it done. I was like, I still am a huge Harry Potter nerd. So roll on that Harry Potter RPG, please. <laughs> <laughs> in in terms of the uh, second question, um, I really, really want to do a parachute jump because I really don't like heights. And I did, um, I, d- I did a 150 foot bungee jump and was hoping it would stop my, qu- my, my fear of heights. And it didn't. Oh. And obviously the next level up from that is a parachute jump. I thought about booking parachuting for Tom's bachelor party. <laughs> That would, how, would not have got me up there. How was the bungee jump? Much. Good. Yeah, it was here in Sheffield, actually. I wasn't living in Sheffield at the time, but it's here in Sheffield. Um, and yeah. it's, it's indoors. It's inside this huge, like, this, like this science center that's like an old, like, steel mill kind of thing. And it's all inside. And, yeah, it's terrifying as fuck. Like, that moment, because you kind of let yourself fall off the edge. You don't jump. And you have yeah. your hands on, like, the barrier. And you're kind of over the edge. You just kind of let yourself fall. And, it, yeah, it's terrifying. I Yeah, I, I'm actually, I know it's a bit it's probably a bit cliche but yeah this a skydive would be i've heard it's incredible and uh i kind of wish i could uh i have the the balls to do that for so but see there's not many things that i'm necessarily afraid of doing it's more or less just having the time to do it i think skydiving would be the one thing where it's like it might take me a little bit of extra convincing to do but i'd probably do it um I wish I had the time to get my pilot's license. That's that's one thing yeah. I want to do. But hell yeah, yeah, hell yeah! I'd love to see that. Well, that's all <laughs> I wanted to be when I grow up was a fighter pilot. And then the military's like, nope, not going to let you in, Hank Fist. Well, it's not it's not a scared thing for me, but it's always been kind of my life's ambition to become a published author, and I just never have the time to sit and write books. Yeah, because it's not a thing like, where it's like, want... all right, I'm done, submit, publish. It's you got to go through months of edits and rewrites and Yeah, and it's kind of like I've I've got things like I've been working on for years and years and years and never came to completion and I just kind of go through these cycles wanting to do it and then not wanting to do it because traditionally I've had jobs where I I basically spend a lot of the day doing writing, which means I don't want to come home and do it again. Yeah. So, I think if I had that kind of freedom to just focus on it, then maybe I would do it, but it's tough. You could do, if you could get into drawing, you could do the illustrated adventures of Bert and Edna. I could, but I can't draw. That's the problem. Uh, Needs practice, son. I've tried. <laughs> I, do a, I, do a good, I do a good line in Eric's photoshops, though. Exactly. Uh, Jordan Lawfrey, if you could experience a game from your childhood for the first time all over again with zero spoilers or context, which one would it be? Well, shockingly... Oh, God, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody can stop Mr. Domino. (laughs) Is it that spaceship at the end? Yes. I'm going to go with Murder on the Eurasia Express. (laughs) Any... Any of the old Final Fantasies, I would say. I'd love to experience Specifically, uh, I would Last go with. Us. No, yeah, that wasn't Ooh, childhood. Well, good choice. <laughs> but Ten still. years ago, ch- Tom was childhood. Uh, but I think that would be awesome to have not known what happened at the end there. I think that would be cool to go back to. I was like just hooked on, on the story yeah. of that game. I would um, say... I wish I wish I could go back and replay Link Between Worlds because that plot twist at oh, the end. God. <laughs> Let me tell good? you something. Wow. <laughs> Uh, I, I have one specifically and, and 
funnily enough, it's not even Final Fantasy VII, which I thought it would be because I, I saw this question, and I thought about it, yeah. and if I had to choose one game, like specifically one, I think it would be Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, yeah, good call. If I had to good choose call. one because specifically, the surprises and the plot and all of the things that you ran that you know that Kojima does that's just special in that game and yeah. and all of the big surprises and and the interesting things like you know the controller with uh, Psycho Mantis and and all the fourth wall breaking and everything like that. God, and, that would be great. You know, the the moment, you know, the little moments like when you're in the lift and the stealth camouflage guys are there and, and yeah. you know, the bit where Liquid turns, uh, McDonald Miller turns out to be Liquid who's been in disguise this entire time. And uh, oh, Spoilers, just, Michael. You know sorry? Spoilers. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, it just, oh, I, I, if I could experience that game again, I'd fucking love to. I would yeah, pick uh, Link's Awakening. Not necessarily spoilers, but just recapturing the magic of that first playthrough. You don't everybody you speak are quite fond of that one, aren't yeah, you? A little bit. A little bit. If I get, if this is a slightly different question, but if I had a game that if I wish I had played all those years ago um, to kind of experience the way that you you did, Eric, I think it would be Link's Awakening. Yeah. I would, if I could pick a couple others, I would like to re-experience Resident Evil Two again for the first time, or Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, the good yeah. choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark Marcheschi, my wife has the novel to this game, referring to uh, Alan Smake. Um, what interesting game novels do you have, or maybe even have read? I also have a Final Fantasy VII novel connected to Advent Children and the Turks. I've yet to read. No, I did not know that exists, so that's interesting. Uh, I read one of the Mass Effect books, and it was really yes. good. I've read a lot of the Mass Effect books, and they are really They're good. Great. They really expand on They really expand on the lore and understand that universe. Yes. And I th- apparently, there's one which is really bad, which... Ascension, I think maybe? A, I can't remember. No, I think Ascension's all right. Yeah. Uh, I think there's like, a, there's like a bridge between two and three, one of them, I think, which isn't very good. I got so kind into of a, Mass Effect lore, like deep into it. I absolutely adore that that universe yeah. and the books. Like you say, Dan, yeah, they really do expand on it. But I've I'm not read sure which one's bad though. I've read a couple of Assassin's Creed ones, which aren't too bad. I really got into the Resident Evil books. There was seven, same. seven yeah. of them. God, those books were good by S. D. Perry. They yeah, were really cool. Like, I think like Caliban Cove was a great little bridge between a couple of the games and and. They were just awesome novelizations. I remember reading those as a kid, being so engrossed in them. It's like, how can writing bring you that deep into a world? Like, you could smell and, and hear what she was writing. It was just so good. That's great. I mean, Did you manage to read them I, all, I believe, yeah. I believe the Halo ones are all right as well, you know. Yeah. I've never read them, but I've heard the book here. Dan, I think, I think I read Deception four or five wasn't of a them. Good book. Which one's that? Uh, the, oh, Mass the Mass Effect. Effect one, sorry. Yeah, I tried reading one of the Elder Scrolls books, um, The Lost Isle, I think it was. Just couldn't, couldn't get into it. If it didn't have a chapter where you were trying to put a bucket on someone's head so you can steal from them, I'm out. yeah, I wasn't Fusro dying at cabbage, children, and goats, so I was out. Well, there's novelization. There's novelizations of Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yes. They're not very good. I've read snippets of them. It is very poorly written. It's- yeah, I read the. Uh, I actually bought the 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 graphic novel. It's like three inches thick. <laughs> um, it's ridiculous. It's Metal Gear Solid One and Two, but and the artwork is gorgeous, but the writing is yeah. 
pretty flat. Oh my god, there is thirteen here law novels. <laughs> wow. Unlucky for some. One, three, four, <laughs> uh Instagram. We've got some comments coming in from our Instagram account. Dan, I have no idea what our Instagram account actually is, do you? <laughs> At Factory Sealed Podcast. Got it. Elliot Hughes, do you think the delayed games and also PS5 Series X will actually be released this year due to the lockdown or at least released in limited numbers or countries? I think regard to the consoles, we've we've touched on that quite a bit. I think it's a lot has really yet to be seen, but most companies say that they're still charging full steam ahead with plans to release, but it will probably be very hard to get. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in regards to the games, Phil Spencer uh, from Xbox uh, had an interview this week. I can't remember who it was with, but he said that um, he he predicts that this, the the issue with the world at the moment is going to affect 2021 titles more than 2020. Yeah, because people right now aren't in the office working on games that are no slated to come out next year. Yeah. yeah. Well, kind of. I mean, the ones the ones due for release in the back end of this year should be nearing the end of the cycle, so it should just be tidying up really now. And people can do that shit from home. I mean, the thing you have to think about there's, there's so many moving parts to releasing games. Um, I, I can't remember if it's Chinese or basically the Chinese or Japanese. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, ESRB. It's a company called Zero. Um, during their lockdown, Zero cut uh, basically shut down, and no one could get their games rated for China or Japan. So, yeah. you know, that is one little cog in a machine where you can't release your game because you can't get it rated. And there's little things you like that you have to think of. And, you know, as much as we have doubts of the real reasons why Last of Us was delayed again, you know, Last of Us now has a release date again, and they've, man- you know, they claim they've managed to get around the, the distribution issues and things like that they had. But to take them for their word you know all of the ways that they were going to get the discs made the boxes made them distribute uh, distributed out and everything like that all these working cogs have to be there and you know whether you agree with it or whether you don't i'm not going to get into that here because we don't discuss politics on the show but you know whether you agree with things coming out of lockdown things like that things are moving again regardless so i think for 2020 as it stands things are good um Obviously, things have been delayed. Iron Man VR has been delayed, but that's got a date again. Ghost of Tsushima obviously has a date again. Um, but, I mean, even the um, the trailer that we got, the, for, the state of play we got for Ghost of Tsushima this week, that was supposed to happen last month because um, Ryan McCaffrey from IGN said in an interview that the entire month of April, IGN was supposed to have an IGN first on Ghost of Tsushima and all of that stuff from state of play was going to be on there. So that, you know, even just the marketing of that got delayed, but we got the delay, you know, we, we've got that now. And I think... There's only really Ghost of Tsushima and uh, Cyberpunk, which are the last big titles, I think, for this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Halo, Infinite. Wasn't Breath of the last Wild of 2? Or is that next year? Mm, it never had we any don't, date. We no, don't have a release date for Breath of the Wild 2 yet. Gotcha. One thing that actually got delayed um, into next year for me that I had pre-ordered that got randomly assigned a re-release uh, of next week was my TurboGrafx Mini, which came out in Japan and the rest of the world uh, last month. So people were importing it and just randomly out of nowhere, last week I get an email that says, all right, this is, uh, this is now ready for release. It'll be there on the 26th. Original release date was January 5th of 2021. Oh, okay. Sweet. I'll take it. Very cool. It's got Snatcher on it. Snatcher! Very, ni- very nice, the hedge pig. Yeah, that's one I will actually open and play. I'm surprised. Yeah. Seeing is believing. Right, so, Eric, what we play next? Uh, we are playing 
mine and Tom's favorite genre, Metroid Prime. <laughs> oh, no. Metroid, it's Metroidvania. Yeah, but Eric, the Metroid Prime's Eric, a game. You, it's not a genre. I know. You'll like it. You you use your gun to open the doors. Oh, sold. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Hank Fist. Hank Fist. <laughs> and then, you know, we need to look a little bit ahead. Um, we have Matrix Path of Neo slated. After Yay. that, and then Portal. We, I haven't looked. I haven't looked at the fucking list for ages. <laughs> no idea what's on there. We got Portal coming think, up I don't after think that. We've hashed it out all year, and we're never going to at this rate. So yeah. uh, we should probably. We, look. And then we need. Are to, we due to start our summer RPG soon? We do need to. We, we've got three more games before our summer RPG, but we've narrowed it down to a couple. We're just trying to fight amongst ourselves to get it sorted. As, as long as it's portable, right I'm happy. Yeah, it's, as long as I can play it on either Switch or my Vita. I'm good. Yep. Well, or even my dear, or my DS. Grandia, it is. Final Fantasy yeah. X, it is. You could play that. I don't know. We're not doing oh. Final Fantasy for the no, summer show. Come on, Final Fantasy X would be so good for the show. Yeah, but that's all we Maybe talk about is Final year. Fantasy and Zelda. <laughs> that is true. That is all we Grandia talk about. Grandia would be apparently. a nice shout. I, my vote goes for Grandia. It's portable. It's good. There's a remake. Mine goes, mine goes for Terra Enigma. Let's do this. <laughs> That's like 12 hours. That's not much of a summer it's, RPG. Instead of Grandia, can we do better, Leah? Oh, no. Oh, no, Mike. Oh, what's he done? This episode of Factory Sealed is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Sarah Irvine, Santos Lopez, Jonathan, Drew Barlow, Peabody, Wes Rainey, Sholto, Phil Gartside, Tori Wolford, Nicholas Bradley, Thomas McGrew, Richard Cutrus, Jordan Lawfrey, Jason McGill, Stephanie, Chad Schaefer, Miles Prower, Jeremy Lucas, Shannon McIntosh, and Samuel Chun.